What is up, people, and thank you so much for listening to this episode of the New Generation Hero Talk Podcast. I am your host, EJ Stewart. I'm excited to do this show because, of course, we had another movie come out this week, so this is a recap show of The Incredibles. But uh, unlike other recap shows, we're going to split our show into not only a recap of The Incredibles, but still going to bring bring you guys the news of the week because it was a pretty big week when it comes to superhero news. So we got a lot to get to on this show. I'm excited to talk about The Incredibles. I certainly really enjoyed the movie. I'm curious to see what my co-host think, beginning with Shamari Stewart. Shamari, what is up, man? And uh, what did you think of Incredibles? Uh, uh, not much, man, but I love you it. You know, not much of Incredibles? Oh, uh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, there was a lot of The Incredibles. I love The Incredibles. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll but, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, the movie was great. The movie, it was a very, very good movie. I would say it met my expectations. And, of course, joining me as well as Kendall, you heard in the background just now. Kendall, what are you, uh, well, what do you got for this week? First of all, how do you like Incredibles? The Incredibles was a, uh, it was a good movie, which I'm not shocked. I mean, Disney's Pixar movies, it goes beyond The Incredibles being a, a good franchise. Disney's Pixar movies very rarely flop. The only, the last flop, the only flop I can think of, well, there's two, three, actually. The three out of like fifteen, <laughs> and it's tough. Couple seconds, yeah. like there's four. Yeah, exactly. Actually, there's six. <laughs> it's it the Good Dinosaur, Cars, two, and planes, which I don't even count. But I, that's why I had to come up with like once I say Cars, I like, and Cars three, I don't even I know how say, they what did. What about Cars three? I don't I'm know. Sure, I, I'm almost positive Cars three. Is honestly, I, wa- I was watching Cars three for like twenty minutes, and I was so bored that I stopped watching. It. So that's well, a bad sign. Maybe think, it was a flop. So I think I think you were, I think we're closer on that <laughs> six or seven that so, I was talking exactly. about. Exactly. Um, but speaking of Disney, man, are any of us concerned that this whole Marvel, you know, Fox deal might be d- going down the drain? I mean, Comcast just came in with a an offer of like sixty five billion. Um, which, straight cash, homie. Which Disney's offer, I believe, was fifty two billion. Now it's all stock. Exactly, and now Comcast is up their offer by thirteen billion dollars. Um, Apparently, because of the difference between cash and stock i think is a 19 percent premium for the comcast proposal this is uh it's concerning i mean i'm not gonna panic one because i'm not gonna panic over disney buying 20th century fox ever but if you wanted it to happen i'm not gonna panic because it's disney and they've got printable money unlimited money so it can they offer another $15 billion? Obviously they can. Will they want to? Will it be worth it for them? We'll find out. I mean, as far as am I concerned, I mean, I guess. There's got to be. I don't know anything about stocks or anything about businesses and things like that. I only know what I learned from our uh, Money on One reporter, Matt McClure, on New York One. Shout out to him. <laughs> That's the most I know about business and stocks, things like that. But this has been the biggest story of the week in that realm uh i mean i know that they're supposed to be voting on the disney deal like next week or something like that or in a couple of weeks uh that seems like that will be unlikely to be an agreement i would think considering comcast is coming out with this offer um but i don't know it's kind of weird at&t and time warner merged this week and that kind of changed the game completely which is why comcast felt comfortable making this formal offer because the initial thought was that you couldn't do this kind of deal and it passed through the government regulation. And AT&T and Time Warner did, so that's why Comcast is coming with this. Like you said, Disney 
you would think has the money to print that money to make sure that it's okay. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, you make a whole new, you build a whole offer. I'm sure there's a lot that goes into building an offer like what they did. All the contractual agreements, all the papers you got to write up. You know, at what point do you say, the hell with it? And then say, I ain't going to go and do start from scratch again because these fools want to, you know, drive up the price. So I, I would be concerned. I am concerned for sure because uh, I don't think that Comcast, I don't know what Comcast's plans are. That's some of the things. It seems like no one has really said what they plan to do with any of these Comcast entities. Found is there a chance that they would sell them individually to, because that's the thing, because my thing is all we care about, all we really care about are the superheroes. I know there are the uh, the anti-monopoly people that are like, this is going to be a travesty no matter what happens. I don't, I haven't seen that affect my life yet, so I can't talk, speak on that. I can only speak on, I just want to see the X-Men in the Marvel Universe. I just want someone to say mutant. So my thing and is, Dragon Ball. if Comcast is <laughs> want to buy this and then send it to Marvel, they don't think that it's feasible as a franchise, I'm fine. I don't care. I just need a resolution that ends up with the Fantastic Four not being terrible. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried too. I'm with, I'm with EJ. I'm worried. Um, I am with EJ and I just want to see the X-Men Fantastic Four meet, uh, well, I don't know about a chris evans but <laughs> maybe uh brie larson <laughs> yeah. and uh and tom holland <laughs> yeah exactly um, chadwick boseman yeah chadwick boseman the only i yeah, guarantee the, the, everyone that got disappeared by thanos yeah. who's eventually gonna come back yeah exactly. <laughs> um spoiler alert <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> uh but yeah I'm, I'm really worried about this deal i mean that's a lot of money apparently I mean, comcast found uh some some money in their couch Couple, yeah, what is couple, couple, I don't know Comcast. I know what they do, but I don't know. I didn't think they had that kind of that kind of scratch. I, don't, <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't think they just oh they didn't before work? apparently. I, they were like, sixty-five billion. You know, I bet. Let's let's. let's I mean, offer. I, mean, I didn't I mean, think they had that to just kind of just give out give away. They're a cable company. Nobody buys cable. Yeah, it's so I where they have sixty-five billion dollars. That it's seems leftovers. I don't know. That seems that seems to be odd to me. I can understand why they. I guess why they want the content, but um, but no, that this is this is concerning yeah. for sure. But I, mean, I can't panic because at the end of the day, there was an agreement that was made in principle. So I gotta hope that maybe uh, Fox will feel like they don't want to go through the regulatory process of what happened with AT and T, and they want to just cut their losses and take this. Deep I, mean, I mean, people on the internet need to start. Well, I mean, I'm sure they've been active already, but they just just tweet at Bob Iger. Tweet at. Everybody. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what exactly what buy our niggas. Some like internet nerd being like, you know, stop being cheap and spend fifteen more billion dollars. I think a better question is. I think there's a last thing he wants. The, the question I have is, does Bob Iger even have a Twitter? That's a good question. I don't think he would. I would be surprised. The Pope if he has didn't. a Twitter. Yeah. How does he uh, not have a Twitter? The Pope has a Twitter. He have to I, use it. I think Bob Iger has a Twitter. I don't know if he's active. But I, I, mean, I would I would I be mean, surprised. Disney's such an. I'd be surprised they even have seen have some lackey like a Smithers somewhere just tweeting for him. Yeah, I mean Disney's such a such a, a public, uh, you know, advertised like like company. And like, he, like how does the CEO not Bob, have he doesn't a social? Disab- and he doesn't like right. pretend. Robert yeah, Iger. Yeah, I was gonna Twitter. say he has to have a, like he some have kind Twitter. of. He tweeted kind today. Of, he has to have some kind of social. Uh, tweeted today with X Men are screwed. I know, right? Tweeted today. Happy Father's Day, Mr. Incredible. And thanks, Brad Bird, for, uh, and Pixar for another gem. That's a pretty good segue into, into this uh, Incredibles uh, and this Incredibles recap. So let's talk about the Incredibles. Because to me, um, 
this is a classic movie. I'm just gonna say. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's. I feel like it's crazy that I can watch a movie and be like, yeah, no, this is a fantastic. Like it's just. But that's how I feel. Like I watched that movie, all smiling from the beginning. As soon as the Underminer uh, reappeared, and and we continued right from where we left off. Uh, the, I thought the dialogue was once again excellent with the kids and how they talked to their parents, how they talk, how they interacted with each other. It all felt very authentic for a story that's so fantastical of superheroes and a, a world where supers are illegal and things like that, and making it feel still relatable the way they did. They did it through the character development of everyone in in the movie. And even though me, who watched it when I was I guess thirteen when I first watched it, or fourteen when I first watched The Incredibles, where yes, the like the like plights of dash and like violet like more related to me than it does now where i'm 20 almost 27 or i am 27 right i don't know how old I am. we get to a certain point i get i'll tell you guys you guys will know get to point we get a certain point you don't know how old you are i forget all the time i believe i am 27 but i don't i could be wrong about that it wouldn't shock me but anyway um I, at 27 years old i'm pretty sure i am you're 27 okay thank you it it, it like you don't like like it, it, those plights, while they were relatable, and it kind of brought you back to that time. Of I imagine someone like Riley being terrified that like <laughs> some guy asks you out on a date and then he doesn't remember who you are. That's pretty crazy. Or Dash is being super psyched to be in like this mansion. Like I that, like that totally would have been like me if I, like my parents all of a sudden had like some crazy mansion. I would be testing all the gadgets, running all over the place. But then at twenty seven now to kind of see like kind of the conversations that were going on between. Uh, between uh, Bob and and, uh, and and Elastigirl and seeing how now I was like, okay, well now I kind of, even though I'm not a parent I do kind of get like the adult issues and the adult things that they're talking about when it comes to breaking the law and standing up for right, but standing up for what's right but then also feeling like there's a, a price for that, and I just think that the way this these characters and these writers for this movie are able to make these issues relatable to you the viewer is awesome so, I mean, that's my, my first diatribe into this movie before we get into the storyline and stuff. But just the character development and how they were able to relate to characters to the viewer, that's always going to be, I think, maybe the strongest point of these movies. Yeah, I mean, The Incredibles 2 is a fantastic movie. Um, I would say, I think the, the first Incredibles is the classic for me. No, this is a, a, a great sequel. It's is not, it, is it a any. classic only because it's the first one? Like, is it the classic? Because to me, like, initially, like, that's how I feel. I feel like I it's feel only like, because it's the first. I feel like there was something special about having what them you, team up as the as the family, the Incredibles, for the first what time. Do you, what do you mean by, you mean, like, the movie doesn't hold up no, as well? No, not saying that. Does? I think the movie holds up excellently well. That's not a phrase, but I just made it up. I'm, very well, I'm yeah. assuming that movie holds up. I haven't watched it. I kind of wish I would have watched it before I saw this movie. But I mean, having watched it probably in the oh, last really five done. years, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Like, I never watched it. I'm like, oh, this is whack. Like, it still holds up. I, my thing is, it's it only. It's just like how Avengers holds up. But is Avengers better than Ultron? Is Avengers yes. better than? Yes. No, 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 not Ultron. I'm sorry, <laughs> not not Ultron. <laughs> I did that for the No, I Let me be clear. I didn't mean. Like, see, this is yeah, the point yeah. where I see. I don't remember my age. I don't even know what movie I'm talking about <laughs> yeah. now. Is Avengers better than Infinity War? Better, is yeah, Avengers better than Civil War? Right. And you could, and some, some people, people may say yes, yeah. but I would then ask the question: Is it because it's the Avengers? It's the first time. I would argue there's a chance that that's the case. Right. I would also argue the same thing with this movie that I feel like if you if you think that the Incredibles is the classic and the 
the the better of the two movies, the first question I asked would be, is it because it's the first time? And if it is, that could be the reason why. That I don't think that that's uh, like disqualifying or like irrational. I'm just asking that question. I think it's because they're so close. Like we'll look at like Captain America and Captain America: Winter Soldier, and 95 percent of people will say Winter Soldier is better. Absolutely, because right. it's it's hard to really compare. You know, Winter Soldier just the way it was made was just a better movie. Um, I feel like both these movies, in terms of Incredibles and Incredibles 2, were both very good, very similar in some aspects. More like Winter Soldier to Civil War. Yeah, basically. And whereas, like, those are, like, just pick your yeah. your thing. Yeah, you like one or the other. There's you really know. no fight. Um, but in terms of it being a sequel or... and In terms of it being the sequel of the original, um, I think both people will lean original because they're comparable. We'll say, well, this one did it first, so... There are very few sequels that in any movie franchise that automatically you say yes, that's better than the original. Yeah. I think there are to me though there are probably only three: uh, Godfather, and even that's questionable. But I think most people say Godfather Two is better than Godfather One, um, The Dark Knight, and Empire. And I mean, in our business, I think most people would say Spider Man and X Men were better than the sequels were better than the original but yeah. I don't know about Spider-Man I think we all know that but I don't think the general public would agree with that I mean I appreciate both the original Same. X-Men and I do, the I do, I do too. so I understand the conversation but I would feel I, like, would, I just feel like those are more debatable for sure right I feel like the, the first three I just yeah. named I thought weren't that debatable yeah not to say that in all three of those movies the first ones are outstanding but I would say that like, I think a lot of people who watch the movie would say second one was like even better and I think that to be honest I think that's the reason why those movies are held up to such a high standard because the sequels were arguably and probably most likely to most people better right. like I think most of the time the reason why franchises don't stand the test of time is because they can't produce a good sequel or the sequel never matches up to yeah. the, the the original I think the fact that those movies did it clamor- it brought a clamoring for a third movie in all of those scenarios Zoolander 2 also <laughs> no. so, I don't. I never even watched Zoolander. Yeah. I one minute of Zoolander. Not that the first Zoolander. Wow. Never. I said I watched that one in school. I'm not a movie guy. I, I, I do these. I, I do. You would be surprised considering I do this podcast, but I don't watch a lot of a lot of movies I haven't watched. I've never watched The Godfather, The Godfather Two, but I know that people say The Godfather Two is better than The Godfather. Mm-hmm. I know The Godfather Three is trash. That's what I remember. Pacific Rim Two is better than Pacific Rim. Did that come out yet? Yeah, it came out. Yeah, I know I did, and then we just never saw it. Yeah, we didn't see it. Why don't we not we, see we, it? We were fighting between that and Ready Player One, and then we never went to see either. <laughs> no, they went. They saw Ready Player One, I, I think. I, think, I never I think saw Ready Player One. Really? I, I, oh. Yeah, I, I wasn't, I I wasn't so. a part of this. I, I don't know. I I my problem, problem with Preserve Rim is that they gave away the entire movie in the trailers. Hey, man, I, I don't even care. I mean that's, but I would be I would be honest is like that's the kind of genre of movie where it might not matter, <laughs> but it did happen, and for me like, I still was upset about it. Mm. It made me less likely to want to see it because I'm seeing these fight scenes and I'm like, this is everything. I think even my girlfriend Andrea was like, we were in one one week watching it, and I was trying to explain to her how great Pacific Rim was and like you should watch this trailer. And she's like, I feel like I've seen everything in this movie. I'm like, I know, I feel the exact same way, and I actually watched the first movie. This is even worse, but um, still gotta see. But I feel like I feel like with Incredibles that 
um, with the Incredibles two movie, I, I I would stand it up right next to Incredibles one and feel like I, I if you said it was one was better, I would totally understand that. But to me, they're like neck and neck, and I think that for a lot of people, I think they would lean the Incredibles one, but I would argue it's because of the nostalgia. Um, but they're both really good stories. I mean, the story of the last one, kind of like you know Bob feeling, and it kind of even correlating to this movie, but the first one of Bob feeling useless and feeling like he had to kind of, you know, you know, get back into the swing of things where he was, and, and that it kind of talked about that thing that everybody has, of always wanting to kind of turn back the clock to when you were the man uh, or the woman, you know, whoever you are, and this movie went in a different direction. It was, it was Bob somewhat had kind of a similar issue, but it wasn't about being the man as much as it was feeling useless by not being the man. Like, the idea of that he was he like things were much better because I mean they were in a nice house they were getting money again, and yet he still felt useless because he couldn't be the father he thought he could he he should be yeah where because he wasn't punching people whereas you know Elastigirl the the I think it kind of it was a lot of different things with Elastigirl I think they were kind of uh, complex you know kind of like the the you know the perfectionist obsession she had with you know finding who. The this guy was a screen slaver, um, I think kind of like that that like thing in her head of like feeling like she is the one who takes care of the family and no one else could do it, and that constant thing of like oh well, a second I gotta go back because Bob's gonna screw it up, like there's a lot of different things there that I think we all could relate to. Um, Kendall, what about what is, what about uh, Elastic Girl's journey in this movie that impressed you? Um. When it comes to Elastigirl, I thought that, uh, I mean, one, I thought that the, the idea for the story I thought was very interesting. Um, you know, the fact that they could have went, uh, obviously, they could have went a multitude of directions with this movie. Um, but to go with the idea of we're going to have some billionaire tycoon type guy um, make, try and make supers, you know, legitimate in that society, I thought that was an interesting concept that they came up with. Um, the idea of them using Frozone, Elastigirl, and Mr. Incredible as, like, the three spokespeople for that movement, uh, I thought that was a very interesting concept. Um, and then I thought, I mean, the, the, the scenes with Elastigirl I thought were very w- well done, especially the action scenes that we got. Top um, notch. Yeah. The motorcycle scene is, the is animation. one of the better... Animation scenes, I think yeah. you're watching any you know, any I, animated movie. I, I mean, I thought the scene where she's fighting Stream Slaver. Also, you know, visually incredible. Yeah, I mean, it was extremely trippy, but um, they did a they, they did a number of good things with Elastigirl's Girl's character. Um, I, I mean, I thought that, I mean, they did well with almost every character in the movie. I mean, there are maybe one or two characters that I thought got... Um, Maybe got the short end of the stick, but I thought um, Violet had a decent arc in this movie. thought Mr. Incredible had an interesting arc in the movie. Obviously, I mean, I thought the, even even though uh, Edna Mode was only in one scene or one or two scenes, I thought her inclusion made sense yeah. and it worked and it was uh, called back to the original. It's kind of like when when Cat Grant was on Supergirl in season two, and you're like, yeah. I know she's not in it a lot, but even though she's, she's in it, very impactful. Exactly. Every time, time she's in there, um, so yeah, I mean, I felt like there were a lot of good moments in this movie. 
uh, Screen Slaver, Slaver as a villain had a chance to be as good as Syndrome. Fell just, I think, a bit short, but because um, just the concept of Screen. I mean, honestly, the, the Screen Slaver arc not as bad of a of a of a flop, but the Screen Slaver arc as a villain reminded me of Mandarin in Iron Man Three, where <laughs> like. That that character had an, an an intimidating factor about it, that was it was very very interesting, especially for an animated movie. Um, I was just a little disappointed with the reveal at the end, so I, it didn't hit me as much as I wish it would have. But other than that, I mean, this movie, uh, and maybe I'll talk about that later. But this movie hit on a multitude of chords. Any notes on Ninja you wanted to jump on? Um. Yeah, I mean, I really liked the liked Elastigirl's arc in this movie. I mean, I feel like this was more of a movie. Yeah. Whereas the first one was Mr. Incredible's movie. Absolutely. Or, like, their personal journey throughout the movie. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I thought... I thought really everything in this movie worked really well. Um, all the, the, the personal conflicts within the family, the, the conflicts that Violet is going through as an adolescent mm-hmm. um the conflicts that mr and mrs incredible mr incredible and elastigirl are going through in their differing views about how superheroes are viewed in society and uh you know jack jack and mr incredible mr incredible babysitting jack jack was like perfect comic perfect comic relief uh, yeah. perfect uh, comic relief yeah in the movie um and I also thought, well, uh, I don't know if there were any negatives. I'm sure we'll get get into this, but I had mixed feelings on the new heroes that they introduced, and then were just kind of taken over by Screen Slaver. Okay. Um, for the most part, they were good. For the most part, I liked them. Some of them, I was like, eh, I could, I could, I could do without this. But, um, but yeah, I thought, I thought overall their inclusion was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought as a Screen Slaver, I thought I I liked Screen Slaver. Mm-hmm. I thought Screen Slaver was a very good villain. Um, I mean, me and Kendall discussed this afterwards. The, the twist he kind of saw coming, because like you knew something was weird about about this guy and his sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you just knew something was gonna drop with them. Um, but it was still really really good, and. Uh, I think seeing it coming is just kind of a consequence of of Be. that kind of thing having been done so many times. Yeah. And also, but it's still very well written. It, I think part of it was they it's it's an animated movie, and I think they wanted to simplify it a little bit, yeah. as opposed to not. Because I mean, obviously, there are kids that haven't seen like a million movies like we have, right? Yeah, that are right. or maybe wouldn't have seen that coming and been like, "Oh, it's crazy." Yeah, you know. But for us, like you said, we've seen, like I said, we've seen a countless number of movies. Um, to the point where it was like, I mean, again, due process of elimination, there are only one or two characters. It could possibly be one or two. It could be two. It only be two or three characters, and it ended up being one of the two or three characters that we thought it could be. Um, I do wish that it would have been a little more complex in its thing, in its outcome. Right. I mean. In regards to wait, so what you guys are talking about? Um, the twist at the end. Oh, the twist at the end. I, I 
I was okay with it. Um, was it predictable? Yes, but like it was well done in a way that, like, I, to me, like I I thought it was well done. So when it came, I was like, oh, this is happening. Okay, like I didn't think it was. Like I was talking to our brother. I Henry. thought it was gonna be a lot longer of a of a mystery than it was, which also kind of surprised me. But I told I told Henry, our brother, who we have to get on the show at some point. Yeah, um, get him on. He's a he, smart dude. <laughs> he um. We were talking about the twist, and he actually thought there was a good chance it was going to end up being Void, which I thought was interesting. I, I thought there was a shot, but the, one the, of the, 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 girl, the, girl, oh. the girl that's basically Blink. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Blink. Uh, interesting. Exactly. Okay. Um, but, that would have been an interesting twist. Yeah. And they, they maybe foreshadowed it a little bit, mm-hmm. like Henry mentioned. But um, but what I will say is, I like I compared it to Flash Season 1. A lot of people... 75% of people would have thought it was going to end up being Harrison Wells being the reverse Flash. Right, yeah. You know, he, they revealed he, that, like, a third in the way into the season or halfway into the yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. I think it might have been longer than that. Like you said, it might have been, like, 75% in. And it wasn't shocking. It was actually very obvious. I mean, to the point where people were trying to guess, who who can it be because it's not going to be this obvious guy right here. Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, it was that obvious. And when it end, did end up being him, we were still good. We still liked it because it was complex. You know, it wasn't like the way we thought it was going to be. It wasn't like I could see everything that was going to happen. Where I felt like in this movie, I, I, I did the, if you do the math in your head, you're like, all right, if it's her, it's going to be because of this, and that's it. And I feel like that's what ended up happening. Whereas Reverse Flash, no way I was going to know, oh, yeah, it's actually going to be this guy, but he changes face yeah, and he came yeah. from this guy and he changed his bodies and it was like it was yeah. way, all the stuff that nobody could have got <laughs> so that that would be my only thing where I wish they would have came with an angle that I wasn't expecting instead they went with the angle that I was expecting so you were expecting that fact that you know so, you could tell when she threw out like the no, line of you know oh well if mom would have just took her to the thing then he would still be alive and, and the guy like, oh well, I don't want to talk about that right now and that's when I was like, all right, so if it's her, it's going to be because, you know, supers, blah, 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 or the reason why my dad died and so-and-so. Well, they definitely had a, they definitely had the major uh, red herring with uh, the brother. Yeah, they wanted you to think of the brother. He's like the, yeah. the slick talking, you know, tycoon. You know, runs the communications company. Who, yeah, who clearly yeah. seemed to have some, he had, he Obsession. had, yeah, and he had a little bit of a meltdown when they started talking about the death of their family, and yeah. and, and, and you know it was like okay, there's the anger streak. So yeah, he had an they obsession with tried, I think I'm sure. I think I think for kids it probably played off a lot better. And he also didn't. Um, when you looked, he obviously wasn't. They didn't show them together until very late in the movie. Like for the first couple times we saw Screen Slaver, this guy was nowhere to be found. So it was very obvious. Like, oh, where's so and so, and. Which then it made me think, like, no way it's going to be this guy, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, no way they would foreshadow it that badly to where it's like, oh, it's so obvious. He's not here, so he's got to be screen slaver. So I did think there was a good chance it was going to be both of them. I thought they might have both been evil. I wasn't sure if it was going to be only one. So You thought they chance that, that, I, I thought, I thought was, they might have been. I, I kind of thought that was going to be the case. I was, and she I, ended up, I did end up being surprised that it was only one. Yeah. That's probably why the surprise wasn't as bad for me. Yeah. Um... If it was only gonna be one, I thought it would have been him. Right. I thought it was. I thought there was a chance that both of them would work together, 
I expected her to kind of be like the re- redeemable villain. And it turned out that wasn't the case at all. She ended up being just pure. And I thought if it was going to be the guy, it would have been a situation where he was doing it for his cause. He, like, he was doing it to so that Alaska pump up Elastigirl. Right, Alaska yeah, he was putting people in danger. Yeah. And to, like, you know, it would be kind of yeah, a, um, kind of, you know, uh, you know, one of those things where it's like, yeah, he, I'm trying to do the right thing, and, you know, I'm making money off of it, and blah, 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 blah. Part of me I mean, I was that thinking. It might end up being a little better. I was well. I was thinking that it could have been that, and then I was thinking about how much I didn't want that. Oh, right, right, I wouldn't have liked that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I would be like, oh, so he's doing this just so he could make Elastigirl better. Yeah, or like he had some kind of like, I, we've seen weird before, like X Men Danger Room situation where it's like, oh, what would you do if yeah. this were gonna? It's like, no, I, I don't want to see that. Yeah, you know, I I ended, I ended up liking what they did instead. Um, but yeah, it's interesting how this is different from because in Incredibles one. You knew Syndrome was a bad guy from the beginning. Yeah. Because, I mean, right. they showed him as, like, the incredible boy thing, and then that kind of traumatized him and stuff. Yeah. And, like, you knew that he was the one that sent the robot, and you knew he was, like, he was doing all this crazy stuff, building these dangerous robots. You knew he was evil from the very, from the get-go. This yeah. one, they tried to have it be, a, like, a mystery thriller type angle. Yeah. Um, uh, the one similarity, though, between these two movies, though, was that in both movies, the person that looks like they're trying to help the family or the or the guy or the person ends up being the villain because in the beginning remember he he actually sends bob out and stuff in idea to help him and then bob walks into a trap yeah. here is it's not the same but it's the same thing like oh i'm getting help from someone who's allowing me to get back into my costume and then they're the one who's screwing me mm-hmm. so and they did if they do a third one when they do a third one i, I don't know if it's if or when situation at this point but I would like them to move away. I think they will. I think the fact that you're seeing a lot of these heroes being established now in this universe, so to speak, it leads them to for this next movie more of like your typical superhero movie. Like I think that's what I like about these both of these movies. That neither of them are your typical. I'm a superhero. I wake up, put my costume on, and fight the villain. And like, there's a lot more to these stories. But I said before, it was like a guy trying to live back his past. In this movie, it was someone trying to fight for their future. But it, it never was like heroes being heroes type of thing. It, it always was a lot more personal, the conflict that was happening, and not so much just about stopping the evil person yeah. from taking over the world. It's, kind of it's what the Fantastic Four should be. Yeah, we say it all yeah. the time. And it's... Uh, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's what the Fantastic Four should be. It's like a fam- It's like very... Like you're saying, it's a very personal journey... I mean, and it also, it's not an origin story. So there's there's none of this, like, oh, how did they get their powers? You yeah. know, like, who is, and there's no love interest, there's no romantic angle that they have to force down your throat. Right, right, right. Like, it's just a family. <laughs> um, so, yeah. What do we make of the, uh, what do we make of the no time jump, how that worked out? Well, I mean, the I movie mean, is fine, so it, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, it was good, but I would have preferred a time jump, personally. I, 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 I think a time jump could have worked. Uh... And I think, well, if they do make another one, I hope we do get one. After watching it, I kind of I'm happy they did not do a time jump because I didn't. I, I don't think I realized how much I enjoyed these characters where they are in their lives. Yeah. Because um, that's the thing you got to think about a time jump. Because if you're gonna do a time jump, well, are Helen and Bob able to get out there and and throw hands the way they would ten years from now? And to me, I don't know if I'm like itching to see Violet and Jack and uh, Jack Jack and Dash, Dash as different characters adults i don't know if that's something i really even want to see 
It may not even have to have been 10, 15 years. It could have been... Because I didn't necessarily want a real-time time jump. Because what was the movie? Like, 15 years ago? Right. That would have been tough. You know, now it's like, man, like, Dash is like college you know <laughs> you know it's a lot it's a lot different but like yeah, hell you know, power in i was thinking maybe 10 i was thinking maybe eight to ten years even that five to ten years know, that's a long time and then say all right alaska's gonna go out there and, and tussle i think that would have been a little much i'm kind i, I kind of like where these characters are now i don't know if i ever want a time jump to be honest like i here's what i'll say i don't think i do not need a time jump for another movie i would gladly right. now I'm not saying you gotta start it right from they did this movie. Start right from the end of this movie. I would say you could advance it two, three years, but like I wouldn't go more than that. Like you would make Jack Jack, you know, a, a, you know, a toddler and, and and you know have Violet, you know, you know, as a senior in high school and Jack Jack in, in early in high school. Like that's totally fine. But the idea of like moving them really forward, I, I, these characters where they are right now are so perfect that you would have to rewrite the movie and rewrite who they are. Yeah, I think to do that kind of time jump. The, the question I have is, where do we feel like the future of the Incredibles is a property in the sense that do we ever think it'll be adapted live action? Will it have any spinoffs? Will it, or is it something that we're going to have to wait another 15 years to get? We can't wait another 15 years because it's Holly Hunter and Samuel Jackson. And, yeah, exactly. And, Obviously, they're I mean, older. these guys are... They're, they're getting up there. Yeah, exactly. So we can't have them, you know. I, uh, to be it, honest, I thought even Elastigirl's voice was like, I thought Holly Hunter sounded older. I, I mean, it, it didn't ruin it, but it was like she sounds older than she did 10, 13 years ago. You know, she sounded like she, you know, she sounded older. Right. Not to go far than, than what I'm saying. But so to me, like, I, I, I don't, that's a great question. That's, that's part of me wondering is where maybe they will do a time jump because of that. Because they feel okay. Well, we can't keep trying out these. We can't if we're gonna, it, and pretend like they're this right. Age, and yeah. even I don't mean I, mean I don't know if it was in every movie, but the movie theater we saw in the uh, Regal. I mean, you know, Sam and Holly. They all talked about like how like you know these movies take a really long time, and that like to get it right, they needed the 13, 14 years. They 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 that was a lie, but it was a stretch. I, I think alive was a stretch. They didn't need thirteen <laughs> years, but they may have needed eight. They may have needed six because they could have got it out. In well, here's why. Five, they but, really wanted but here's to, why I say that is because because they like you know someone like Samuel Jackson who's in every movie right. who has a with a very tight tough. schedule. Um, for a Disney property, which I know, look, they want to make money, but there haven't been a property that's just been running to sequels. Like like think about it, like like they've been a property that for. Their animated movies, their Pixar movies, they have been perfectly fine with letting their movies breathe. And then yeah. coming back six years later, ten years later, they feel like they can create more and more great stories. We haven't, like, if if, I mean, if Disney what, was, what they did if, with, Dis- uh, Ralph. if Pixar was Marvel yeah. or Pixar was DC, we would have had Incredibles 2 ten years ago. We would have had a Frozen Two. We would have Frozen Two by now. Frozen Two would be would it be Moana would it be this 2. summer. Moana Two would be next summer. That stuff would have been out already. So Pixar and Disney have shown that they're perfectly fine with letting their movies breathe. And I think and that changed. Like, they, they, I think they changed because they realized that that wasn't working before. 
when they used to come out with these straight to DVD. Yeah, because they when they were doing Aladdin two and King uh, Lion King people one and a like, half. This is terrible. And that joint was trash. They realized that that kind of money grab wasn't gonna work. People weren't gonna show off for it because word would get out immediately that this is trash. You're putting this on DVD. Like, we, we know got, we we know what's happening. Yeah. And those movies, not to get too far off, but those movies. When you come out with a bad sequel like that, that almost tainted the property. Right. Like now, when you tried it, when you tried it any other time, we all knew what was happening. Yeah. Like now, like Moana and Frozen are still A plus properties that they can sell toys, they can sell still. merchandise exactly. because it's so popular. If you come out with a bad Moana sequel or a bad Frozen sequel, That's, that tanks the, people are gonna be like, eh, yeah, eh, bad taste in your mouth. You can put Frozen on on Broadway. Yeah. You can do these kind of things because. You didn't tank your property quickly because trying to quick cash grab. So with the Incredibles, that's what I'm very curious to see because this movie's been extremely well received. I think it, it once again will rank very high on the list of Pixar movies of all time. So last time they were not enticed to jump right back into the saddle, um, and I think I, I do. I, I agree with you, Kendall. They, they were embellishing the whole we needed 14 years, but again, the fact could they need could they have needed six? Right. I think That's they might have needed six That's to fair. get the animation right, to get the story right, to get the timing right where everyone is on the same page and everyone has the time to do it. That doesn't surprise me that they needed a lot of time. And I would be, I think I would still lean on the more of the side of being surprised if, like, we heard next year that Incredibles 2, 3 was coming out in, like, 2020 or even 2021. That would surprise me. I think that we're going to yeah. have a long, uh, a long way before we see another one. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the heroes that they introduced in this movie that Shamari mentioned quickly. Uh, I think that is pretty awesome. I, I, I like them a lot. Uh, I do feel like the, they were great. And I think for the most part, this was the first time that they made those heroes seem a little more not like a joke. Because in the first movie, I mean, any those heroes were more like jokes. Like... They were the, the the reason why they they couldn't last, or they were they were killed. You know, they were eliminated by syndrome, so they weren't as established. Here, at least they they established them as heroes, but I think for me, I think I need them to give me some heroes who are like equal to the Incredibles. Like, I think the next step for them in moving on with this movie franchise is to establish. You know, uh, you know, a Batman to Mr. Incredible Superman. You know, like, I feel like even the characters in this movie, they were all heroes, but they were, like, they seemed to be, like, B and C-less heroes. They were generic, yeah. Right, compared to the, like, I, I assume, like, if I was in this universe, that Elastigirl and, and Bob were, like, A-list heroes. Yeah. No, they, I, they were, they were like, your top notch. Yeah, like, that's... And that what, these, char- these guys were more C Like, Frozone, I think, is, like, they're, like, the, the big three. Right. Yeah. Like I think you also have like I think they even went into this in the movie like Gazer Beam and those guys yeah, were like Gazer before Beam. them. Probably. You know, Gazer Beam, going on, remember? <laughs> yeah. That's my guy, man. <laughs> no, nah, but like Gazer Beam, like he might have been the guy before you know Bob's era. Right. But um, for that era, which was I guess the last era of superheroes or supers, uh, they were the faces of that. I mean, are there any left though? Because didn't Syndrome like kill all of them? I don't know if he killed all of them. I mean, he was he was, he was, flicking, he was flicking through those names pretty I mean, fast. Like, they were gone. all deceased. Deceased. Yeah. Deceased. <laughs> like, once he saw Gamer B, when he saw Frozone was still alive, he's like, ugh. And then yeah. he went through like the rest of them, and they were all. And dead. There were a lot of them. I don't think it was all of them, but I don't know. I mean, I think that's something you could probably play with. 
even if that's true, I'm sure they could just create more people that were great that yeah. Bob just happened not to search for yeah. in that quick time he was going through the database. Okay. Like I, yes. I, I don't know. Like I didn't like just like I mean I like like how like Steve was going through all the people that uh, you know, Winter Soldier killed in Shield. I mean he didn't kill everyone in Shield. There were still some people in Shield who right. went on to do other things. He didn't kill Agent Carter. Like so killed Howard Stark. He did kill Howard Stark for sure. Um but I, that, I, I think in the same way. I think that there are probably still a lot of supers out there that still are great. I think that's the one thing I would like to see is, like, like, like other, like, crossovers with other heroes who are also, like, big time as well. Um, but, I mean, the end of this movie sets up a, a, a future of, you know, heroes being completely accepted, which is why I think the third movie will be a lot more of your basic superhero movie. I don't think, I, like, these first two movies, I just think, again, make them so great is that they're unlike any other superhero movie you would have seen. They're such family stories, and they're so tied to families and also individual character, whether it be Bob or this time Helen, who's, like, in this specific thing they're trying to accomplish, where I think now that that, like, era of the, of the story arc for these characters is off the books, that superheroes are illegal... I think now you probably move into more of your typical okay, it's gonna be a major big bad in a in a third movie. Anyone else see that as well? Yeah, I think going bigger just going bigger in general for the third movie would be best. I mean both of the fir- the first movie and the second movie, um, I feel like the the second movie was bigger than the first because the second was ver- a very public danger. Mm-hmm. Someone that was very that was definitely a danger to everybody. Where the first movie, yeah, because Syndrome really was more in danger just to them. Yeah, until, until like the, the end. very end, right? Um, but yeah, the third movie gets to something even bigger, and uh, I mean, though again, that's another reason I think a time jump will be good because then you can see them all older. You know, you can really kind of get a whole family like fight at the end or something like that. But yeah, I think bigger for the third movies would definitely be better. I feel like, I mean, obviously, I mean, you want a change of pace. You can't do the same. Uh, you know, supers are in hiding, and we've got someone funding us. You know, funding a comeback for us. You know, it's the same idea. But um, there are plenty of routes you can go. You, EJ's mentioned the idea of like another hero. Like you said, there may be a contrast to this group. Or maybe another group that could be a contrast to this group. Yeah. Um, you could have, if you did a time jump, you could have something where Dash or Violet went off the deep end. You could, and maybe they're the antagonist on some level. Yeah. Um, it's a little dark. It's tough, yeah. But, hey, man. <laughs> I was like, you give me these stories, man. We're going, we're going, we, we digging deep. <laughs> we're going into the weeds. Um, and then you can also do something where. Like you guys mentioned, you have a bigger villain, whoever that is, somebody that, or a group of villains that, because um, the one thing, I mean, we've seen Underminer, and, I mean, obviously we've got Screen Slaver and Syndrome, but, like, outside of those two, Underminer is the only villain that I believe we know of in that in this universe. I don't, I can't think of any other villain. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, yeah. like, and to have superheroes, I imagine there are supervillains. And he's your, I was about to say, he's your only traditional supervillain. Right. The other because two are came... Screen Slaver and, and Syndrome came are not out of nowhere. traditional super. They, they came out of nowhere. And, like, again, Syndrome, he, he tried to be a hero. I mean, he, he showed himself to the public as a hero. Right. Um, 
and then Screen Slaver was only was completely there. made up. Yeah, he wasn't an actual supervillain. Yeah, who was trying to get into the minds of the people. He was just trying to. It was all a ruse. Yeah. So, again, I think that it moves you to the next third story. You, I, I said I would expect a, a more conventional supervillain who wants to stop something or destroy the world in some way, and that the Incredibles will have to stop them. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think a supervillain for a third movie would be best. I mean, as, as I, <laughs> as I, uh, as I said before, um, I actually think bringing in, in a hero from the past, not a hero, well, a hero, <laughs> from the, well, a hero from the past will be good too. But I definitely think a villain, maybe like a supervillain or even a supervillain team from the past, possibly. Uh, you know, now there are less heroes and there are new heroes. You could do something along those lines, you know, bring back some super villains. You have like a Legion of Doom situation. That could be really cool to play with in the Especially considering now that they're clearly at the end of the movie kind of teasing that now their life they teased it in the first movie, but now that we've seen the second movie play out, now it's like okay, like that first movie may have been a false start to them now officially being a superhero team. But like the end of this movie, they are a superhero team. Like they see a bad guy out there. They drop off uh, whatever that guy's name was. The kid I can't remember his name now. Jack Jack. No, the, oh, what, what? The, the 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 middle school kid who was going on a date with Violet. Tony. Oh yeah, Tony. Tony. They dropped Tony off. Like, All right, we gotta go fight people. Oh, so yeah, yeah. like clearly like this is like their new life. So I think that actually could end up bringing interesting story developments in regards to how this superhero life now really affects their lives. Because before it really didn't. They just weren't using their powers. <laughs> They weren't fighting people. They weren't saving people. They weren't using their powers. It really didn't affect their lives at all, other than making them more ordinary and making it, therefore, harder for someone like Bob to kind of assimilate. But now that the lid's kind of been blown off, not in terms of their identities, but in terms of, okay, now we can just full-on be superheroes, There's gonna, there's got to be a difference now. For And I think the storyline could very well be, like, how do Bob and Helen uh, parent while being superheroes full time, they didn't have to do that before. They didn't have kids before when they made it illegal. Now they do. Yeah, yeah, that that would be an interesting conflict. What we get in this movie a score, guys, out of ten? I'm going to you, Shamari, first. I give it a nine out of ten. I think this was a very, very good movie. I think it definitely takes stands right next to the first movie, um, and I hope we get a, a third one. Where are you going, Kendall? <sighs> Tough. Cause part of me wants to say. It's an animated movie, so I don't judge it as, as, as tough. The part of me wants to say, these Disney movies and these Disney Pixar movies are real good. Yeah, I don't know if you so, can do that with Disney Pixar. So it's like, do I want to just give it a, a, a nine and say whatever? But then I'm like, well, where does it rank among Pixar movies? And I mean, or just Disney animated movies in general. Um, it, it's close to the first one. Whatever that means, I, I would... That's probably somewhere around 8.5 to 9. Um, I don't think it's the best Pixar movie ever. Uh, but, like, Coco was great. I mean, it's, it's uh, not oh, really yeah, connected to The Incredibles, but, like, that movie. Like, I don't know if it's as good as that movie, but if you're a superhero movie, if you're a superhero fan or a comic book fan, you might appreciate The Incredibles a little better. But, uh, I mean, there's, some of these movies are just so good. That it would be sacrilegious for me to say The Incredibles two was better than them so that's why i'll i'll be somewhat tame and say that i'll go 8.5 to 9 probably 8.5 all 
I'm gonna go nine as well, going with Shamari. Um, I again, the, this movie is just solid all around. I the only complaint I would have would be I then just the idea of the villain kind of being someone who initially trying to help them. It it, it, it just, the the characters were like very different, so it wasn't the same. But I would that would knock you down just a little bit for me. For I also like, wish that they would have given nine point five. I also wish they would have given. Uh, Dash more to play with. Yeah, me too. His character, yeah. hey, he got, he definitely got the short end of the stick. I would uh, agree. I think Dash. His biggest storyline was I got to do my homework. Yeah, teach me how to do my math homework. Pretty much. Right. I think Dash got a lot of love in this first movie. I think they really want. I think they wanted to give the ladies more time here. I think they wanted to give Violet and Helen more time. I, I thought Helen had a pretty good arc in the first one, but they, they clearly wanted to make this movie about Helen. Right. And I think your second storyline. Besides Bob and not being the parent was Violet. Yeah, but I think even issues with not wanting to be Jack a hero Jack being was a big yeah. And Jack Jack, I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree. Dash of all the characters definitely had the short end of the stick because of again because I think that you could argue he was second. Like he really didn't. Like, I, 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 I don't. Me think and Henry were talking about this, and I was like, in theory, he kind of doesn't have to be in the movie. Like that's how because <laughs> right. he has no yeah. real like arc. You know, like even like I mean he's. Him and Frozen are like have the same right. I mean, he doesn't even role. do anything at the end of the movie that like right. makes the difference. Exactly. Yeah. So that that was my only problem. Yeah. Is if I mean, you could have made him a bigger, gave him a bigger role. My only other thing would be like, I wish that we would have seen them team up as a team. Yeah. Like, I mean, they did it in the beginning, and I get I, I'm thinking that's supposed to be that moment. Right. But you kind of don't expect that to be. The moment you expect, oh, at the end we'll get something, and then it. Kind I expect of, that. I expect the third move. We're gonna get yeah, that like moment. a team fight where it's like, like it's they do or die, and it's all of them together against a grave threat. Yeah. I think that I think they're saving it honestly, but I, I that doesn't mean that it's not a gripe for this movie. I'm, right. I'm not, I'm not giving them an excuse. I'm just saying I think that's what's happening because yeah. I agree there clearly wasn't that. All right, all four of us together, mm-hmm. like kind of like the end of, again the end of the first. The, you got that in the first one. It kind of like the end of the first movie. I don't even know if you really got it in the, end of the first movie. Oh, kind of yeah. Henry like, made that case too. That I don't. Th- I think the first end of the first movie. You know, I know at, by, at some point they finally get united and they're fighting that like you know the, that, with the robot. That robot, robot, but it's like the robot was kind the of robot and syndrome, but the more yeah. the robot. Yeah, but then like syndrome takes the baby, and then like them chasing the baby, and, and then Jack, Jack kind of fights him on his own. So it's much different, and I think this movie. Again, like that moment is supposed to be the end of the first movie when they all put the masks on. You're like, all right, this is it. Now they're a team. They're going at it. And then you, again, to be fair, we see this movie and they do together try to fight um, Underminer. Underminer, and they're, they're like not that successful, <laughs> which is a kind of a twist. And I like that they kind of twisted it in that way because you would think, yeah, the first time that people are fighting together, maybe they won't exactly be on the same page. But um. But in this movie, we never really got that moment still. I think that we're still waiting for that. All right, all four or five of them even together having to stop someone. I think we're going to get that, but it's being safe for the trilogy. Anyway, to my score again, I'm going to stay nine. Because the only My only beef was really that. Um, I said, Jack-Jack, the, the Dash stuff didn't bother me as much. I thought he had a lot of time in the first movie, so I was fine focusing more on the other characters. Um, I enjoyed the other heroes. I enjoyed like seeing other people with different powers and how they used them. Uh, I just hope that again the next movie we don't see like mindless robots or mindless even heroes fighting them. I want to see like actual people be a threat, and I'm hoping that we get to see that. We didn't get to really see that in the first movie. We still didn't really get to see that in the second one. 
That's the only thing I think they're missing. But before I end this recap, I do got a shout out uh, the, the cinematographer. I hope I'm getting this pronounced his name right. Uh, Meyer Abusidi, Abusidi, I want to say. Um, incredible job in terms of the cinematography in this movie. And I don't know who did the score, but that score was A1. Giacchino. Giacchino. A1. I mean, that was one of the best. This is the score for the first one, too. That was one of the best scores for a movie I've ever heard. Like, I mean, that the score of this movie was so incredible in at so many different aspects. And the first movie was incredible, too. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> the first movie was incredible, too. Right, exactly. But, um, but I just had to make those shout-outs before we wrap, because we, we would be remiss if we, wouldn't, if we didn't bring up either of those two uh, uh, figures, because this the, they were they were so on their game. And I think that if they were even a little less, this movie could have looked a lot different. Because of them being so great, that's how for me it gets to nine. But that's our uh, recap of Incredibles. Um, we're going to continue the rest of the show. But make sure, uh, again, for movies, we always do recaps that come out. The next one will be uh, Ant-Man yeah, and the Wasp. Wasp. That might end up being a full show recap, especially considering it's Marvel and what the parameters, uh, what anything could mean in terms of the future of the Marvel Universe. could be grave. Even if it's not in the movie, it's in a post-credit scene. So, That'll be next month. I feel like these movies never end at this point. We have movies now all the time. We have a pretty big break. Next one is what? Aquaman? Which brings us right to a very good segue, Shamar. I don't know if you were trying to do it. It didn't look like you were trying to do it. But the next one after Ant-Man the Watch is uh, is Aquaman. And we did get some details. We got a, a full spread for Aquaman in the, uh, the most recent uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, what do you think of the cover? Mm-hmm. I don't Kendall, know. Kind of a little sound shaky. Sound shaky. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I got to see it again before I remember. I, I, I everything we heard about the movie was that Aquaman was gonna have his, uh, his orange jumpsuit, uh, some form of it, and he does not wearing that. He's not wearing that in the cover. So that frustrated me. Not frustrated me because I don't get frustrated by DCEU movies anymore. It kind of yeah. it happens or it doesn't. We got Infinity War, so you know, I'm one of those guys who's like, it doesn't frustrate me. It's like, oh well, but. Uh, it was a little disappointing, though. Not getting the, not getting any sort of orange and green from Aquaman in any of these pictures, I believe, either. Or yeah, the pictures that I'm seeing, yeah, there was no orange suit. It's all him either shirtless or... I do think we'll get it in the movie, though. I do think. At some, it may, it's not going to be some green and orange jumpsuit like he had in the comics, but... Some form of will be, Those will colors see. will be involved in, in his attire at some point. What about you, Shan? What do you think of the cover? What do you think of these photos? There's two separate covers. There's an alternate yeah, cover. Say. There's one where he's coming out of the water by himself, yeah. and there's other one where he's with Queen uh, Mera. I, well, like I don't know if she's queen. Yeah, yet. No, she's just Mera. The mom's queen, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think mom's queen. I uh, I like him. I mean, but that's just because I like Momoa's Aquaman. Period. Like um, you dig the look. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think they're doing a good job of legitimizing Aquaman, <laughs> making it so that he's not a joke anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think he looks great. I think he looks great, and I like, um, I like Mera and, uh, the Queen as well, so. I mean, I think the one with Mera, I think, is, I I mean, I like that his hair looks so golden blonde in that shot. Mm. Uh, Right. I I think that 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 stuck out to me, because in the Justice League movie, it was, I mean, he had the same hair, but they clearly, I thought, tried to accentuate that with this shot. The blonde hair. 
Or you mean the 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 queen? No, no Aquaman. Aquaman. Oh no, think, Momoa. His hair oh, I think is blonde. It's very obviously yeah, blonde. It pops out, especially towards the end, the ends of it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So I mean, that to me was like, yo, that was really cool. Um, I enjoyed the both uh, covers, so I was fine with them. I I know what you're talking about in terms of the uh, issue with the orange suit, but they weren't. I don't think you're gonna get that until like the end of the movie if they do that. Yeah, I don't think they were trying to spoil anything. Um, that's the one thing these reports do that they they, they spoil stuff that maybe they, the studio doesn't want to get out. Um, he also looks a lot more like Roman Reigns in the the single shot cover. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of people don't know who that is. <laughs> Roman Reigns is getting up there, man. You I mean he's not like he's, household, like the rock. he's not Rock or John <laughs> Cena, but right after that, besides like the old school guy that had been there for twenty years, like he's. He's just as big as any any other wrestler. So if you don't know where Roman Reigns is, I feel you got to be a wrestling fan to know who yeah, Roman Reigns is. Though. That's the uh, He's got commercials. He's yeah. Fairly good looking guy. I, I don't I don't think that. Uh, I mean, probably, but if not Roman Reigns, um, you know, if you're a basketball fan, Stephen Adams from the Oklahoma City. <laughs> so it goes it's a three way thing. So there's a lot of different uh, uh, takes they they from this spread. They had a lot of interesting notes. Apparently, uh, Mira is certainly not going to be your, your damsel in distress in this movie. She was very adamant about not being that kind of character, which makes sense because Mira can throw down. Mira's a beast, so and we've seen that in the new in the um, in the new Fifty Two, and especially in the recent uh, Rebirth run in the comics. Uh, also, learn a little bit about Black Manta. Uh, he's yeah, not the main movie Man. in this movie. He's not the main character in this movie, but we do get a really dope picture of him looking at his mask. Some of the some, look if you can do real quick if you can do Black Manta's mask. Man, you can really do anything. We might be getting with Mysterio's uh, fish on. Yeah, like I, to me, like that was fish the biggest ball. thing for everyone is like, can you really do make Black it look Manta? exactly like it does in the comics yeah. and it not look crazy? Those, those tubes coming out of his helmet, and, and it, that's exactly <laughs> what I've seen. We haven't seen him in costume, but the the helmet is exactly how it looks in the yeah. They didn't in the comics. They didn't pull any punches with and that. It, which is it impressive. Looks fine. It looks like oh yeah, that's Black Manta. Cool. Yeah, I feel like he's gonna put it on. It's gonna be like, yeah, this, yeah, as it feels anyway. like, this is Black Man. This is what we're doing now. Um, any any big takeaways from this? The one thing I took away from it, uh, hearing Ocean Master, kind of what his gripes are, what makes him the villain, and why he has his motivations. Orm. I get no, this feeling it. they better no, call no. Ocean Master at some point. But they will. <laughs> I this feeling. I don't know if this movie's gonna succeed in any way close to what the movie I'm about to compare it to is. Uh-oh. But, I get Black Panther vibes. Oh, I, that was deeper than I thought you... I was, I don't think you were going to say Thor or something. No, no, no. I get, like... Black Ocean, Panther. Ocean Master, the way they described him, that his issues go beyond just wanting to be the king. They go beyond what Earth and what people have done to the Seven Kingdoms. What they've done to Atlantis. What they've done to the oceans. With the Seven Seas. Seven Seas, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah not Seven Seas. Trying to think, I'm like, what are the Seven Kingdoms? No, Seven Seas. <laughs> okay. But no, but well, apparently in this movie, that they are split into Seven Kingdoms, basically. Right. Like, the Atlantis is One split of. because they didn't, like, the whole point of uniting the Seven, people were unclear was it unite the Seven Seas or unite the, or unite the Justice League. Apparently, it's the Seven Seas because they're uh-huh. literally split. So there is a little bit of a Seven Kingdom deal happening, I think, that we'll figure out in this movie, which, again, reminds me of the Black Panther in a lot of ways. I feel like I don't I, I don't think that they were stealing stuff from Black Panther, but I just get the feeling that these movies may end up 
touching on a lot of similar themes, but just uh, more imaginary because it's the ocean and no one actually lives uh, on the ground. Uh, where black people actually were dealing with oppression and things that killed. Uh, all, all, I'm, all I'm hoping for is a scene where, you know, Willem Dafoe shows up and he's like, "It's Challenge Day." <laughs> you know, that would be funny. Um, but Black Panther, that's a lofty goal, man. I mean, it won't be as good as Black Panther. I can tell you that. But I don't think it will yeah, be. Yeah, I mean that would be that be that <laughs> mean just, it's the best DCU movie by, ever, but, by but far. But hearing, one, one I'm one. saying hearing but. what the themes are gonna touch on for their villain, and kind of how the whole like deal works with what's happening in Atlantis, and what Atlantis is gonna look like, how they're kind of trying to move that. I just everything. T- I was reading it. I was like, this is this reminds me of Black Panther and James, underwater. And, and, and it sounds like James Wan has a handle on this movie. He I wasn't. Mean, he wasn't gonna do the movie unless he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Seriously, yeah. that's what it felt I like. I mean, he has. He has a reputation to uphold. You yeah. know, so far he kept he's, threatening to leave. Yeah, I mean, so far he's. <laughs> I mean, so far <laughs> he's been. Leave. He's been swinging for the fences so far in terms of everything he's done. Yeah, mainstream at least. Yeah. So, I mean, and his his installment in the Fast and Furious Seven is my favorite one. Mm-hmm. I mean, so like he. We'll see what he does with Swamp Thing. It, yeah, we'll it see may end up holding, boding well for something. And I mean, he's just like you know, uh, he just like look for the the whole talking underwater thing. There's no issue. They're just talking to water. There yeah. is no issue, which is just perfect. I'm like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I don't know why there was an issue in the first place. Um, and I don't know everything that I'm hearing about this. It just sounds like he knows what he's doing. Um, I like Momoa as Aquaman. The side characters look great. This, the the story sounds like it's going to be good. The only thing I'm worried about is Black Manta. I don't know how he's, which is unfortunate, but, but I don't know how he's going to fit into this. And I'm hoping he's not just kind of a random, you know, Lex Luthor like, <laughs> just kind of thrown, that thrown in, like you know, doing crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, the explanation you know. in the article, uh, which was from the filmmaker uh, Juan, says that he's basically part mercenary but full time pirate who. Is, in his suit will look like some a- crazy alien from outer space. Uh, the actor who's playing uh, Black Manta, or one of the actors, I'm sorry, this was the guy who's playing Orm, I believe, says Black Manta is really interesting Wilson. character. Yes, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> uh, Manta is a very interesting character who is somewhat how fractured in, fractured into the story, but our main story is about Jason and Patrick. Um, the, yeah, the the... Also, the actor who's playing him said that uh, he's very intelligent, he's annoying, uh, tenacious, and has a lot, a lot of emotional death as well. He doesn't have superpowers, just fun to play with. Uh, everything is real and tangible. It makes him vulnerable, so he always has to be on top of his game. I, I'm familiar with the actor and the red, playing. The red plasma beams are happening in this movie. Yes. Yeah, I, that that crazy again. Talking about black man, so these things just that just stuff that just seemed like that was never gonna happen. Right. Right. The, the the actor that's playing Black Manta um, was in the get down. Uh, and yeah, I'm not yeah, surprised Abdul Mateen. Yes. And I'm not I'm not surprised that he, he's gotten he's gotten a role like this because on that show he even though he wasn't the main character, uh, you can tell he was one of the better actors on the show. So it's um it'll be interesting to see him play this role, but uh, this will be kind of his first big you know hollywood movie depends on the role he has if he's if he's like an emphasis nest type character from han solo where he just shows up you know oh it's black manta 
what are we gonna do? <laughs> Out of nowhere. But if hey, he might end up being like in cahoots with somebody for all we know. He could be one of the major villains. So and if he's not the main villain in this one, I expect he will be in some sort of D C U sequel. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm still I'm still kind of concerned even You're still con- still concerned even the, after that description. The picture, the description. I feel like they're trying to sell us a bag of goods with Black Manta, but you're not buying it. I mean I hope it's good. I'm just I saying mean, I mean, just what we hear right now, you're still not buying it quite yet. Look, man, when you when you have whenever they have whenever you have multiple main villains in the story, it kinda messes with this. When was the last time that I mean, worked? The Dark Knight did it pretty well. Yeah, the Dark Knight, Two Face, and uh, Joker. That's like that's the the gold standard. That's the gold standard of how you do that well. Yeah, I'm trying to think of another. No, one. I think the people who criticize that movie will say that they don't love Harvey Dent. I don't get them. I've never heard. Yeah, I've, I, I've very very. I've heard, heard it recently. Like, yeah. I feel like I've read a couple of things. And I was like, really? People didn't like Aaron Eckhart? I thought he was. The Dark, the Dark Knight is like uh, is like Michael Jordan. Man. I know. You know, like people were like trying, they no forget. Matter, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, people will still be like, "The Dark Knight did it better," or yeah, they'll be like, uh, "It's overrated." You know, like, <laughs> like what happened? You know, it, just three, four years ago, The Dark Knight was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now everybody is trying to call it overrated. But <laughs> what I will say is that, um, yeah, I don't know. All these movies ten, that tends to be like Shamari said, uh, a red flag when you see more than one villain, more than two <laughs> villains, that. Is a red flag, um, but very rarely has that worked. I, again, I can't think of besides the Dark Knight. And I'm sure there were because most of these movies try that nowadays. Most of them try to do try to fit more than one villain. Yeah, it just it, yeah. Most of the time, it just doesn't work. Or out you'll have well. times where like you'll like you know some of these X Men movies. Magneto's yeah, been in the you, movie. Yeah, you could. He's not the guy. Bar- yeah, I was gonna say like the X Men movie. You could argue have kind of done that with mm-hmm. Magneto. Being in the movie, but not being the main villain. But then at the end of the day, being the main villain, yeah. <laughs> like because like whatever he ends up trying to do is gonna ruin everything. Yeah, very much like what happened in Days of Future Past. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. That's that's an interesting question. I think that I am kind of under the impression that we won't Black Manta won't factor into the story nearly as much as we think. Which, which I don't sense. know. Which I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's good or bad. Because he's such. He's such a dominating figure potentially that neutering him in a way that where he's not a factor could look disrespectful. But it also could maybe let Ocean Master breathe in the way that he needs to in order to really claim that as being the top villain. Right. Mm. Yeah. Then there's a part that then there's a second part of me that wanted to selling us on on Ocean Master, which they should. Ocean Master is legitimate enough to be the main villain. But part of me wonders if, if again, I keep thinking about Black Panther, are we going to see a bait and switch? To where, even though in Black Panther, we always knew Killmonger would be the villain in the end, could there be a thing where, like, Black Panther's the guy who ends up taking out Ocean Master for some reason? Right. That and kind Ocean of, Master's like Claw or something. Right. And then, and then like, at the end of the day, it is Black Panther versus Aquaman. It, it just because it just seems. I feel like it's part be of the it just seems a little weird. I think Black Manta might be the claw, and what you call will be the Killmonger if they did you that. You can't do that, to Black Manta. Not not in this climate. They did it to. I mean, Claw was obviously in Age of Ultron, but they did they did it to Ulysses Claw. Now, not as big a character in the grand scheme as, as Black Manta, but I guess in the ethos of their character. But I guess it. But that's a little different because. 
I mean, you can't kill off Black Manta. I, I will say that. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, I but feel like, like he gets you moved killed to the off side. Black Manta. I mean, yeah, no, I don't want to kill off. <laughs> that, that would be, be bad. You're right. Crazy. I'm <laughs> saying in the sense that he starts off as a villain. I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like Penguin killing Joker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he'd be like, what? I wouldn't like that. But if he gets pushed off in some way, where like, oh, it turns out this guy's been pulling the strings, or this guy they've been working together, and this guy, you know, takes over some some sort of thing like that, where. First half of the movie, the first act, it's Black Manta. Then second half of the movie, Ocean Master becomes well. One thing I will say, though, um, I do fully expect, I think, this movie to still be made or break, made or break, made or broken by the CGI of the water. And they talk a little bit about it in this story. Uh, uh, Amber Heard, who plays Mira, talked about how it was, it was definitely a challenge to get it to look right. A lot of the stuff you have to do soaking wet on a cold you know sound stage uh this is going to be a, a, a something that i think is going to end up being a big issue potentially because those set pictures i think none of them are underwater it seems like almost all of them they're in some ship or they're in something so you don't get really any of the visuals that right. i think will end up making or breaking the movie and if there was anything that I'd be trepidatious about, it wouldn't be what Shamari was discussing with Black Manta. I think that there's a chance they could do this really well because it seemed like Juan's really going for it. My sense is if you really go for something, it's hard. Usually you come out on the winning side. It's I, when you hedge your bets and you start saying, let's try to apologize for this character and change everything that I think you end up getting in more trouble. I, I'm most concerned still about this CGI. I know they're telling me there's no air bubbles, which is wonderful. I don't know who told Zack Snyder that was a good idea. That was terrible. Uh, I'm glad that we're not going to have that, but because they're not doing that, it does present more of a challenge of saying, all right, how do you make these people do everything that they're doing and look like they're underwater? Fight people and look like they're underwater and being tied to ropes and things like that. I mean, that's a that's not going to be an easy thing to handle. And I hope that Juan has watched as much Aquaman cartoon, uh, as much things as he possibly can to make that look great. Because that's going to be a challenge. It's never been done before. I'd be shocked if Juan... <laughs> If Juan like Watched totally it. messed that up, yeah, I, I I'd be, I'd be very surprised. Cause I mean he's a, he's an effects guy, right? I would be too. He is a. I big, mean, I wouldn't say I would be. I wouldn't say I'd be surprised. He's a but big. It's a, it's he's a like tough a, challenge. Yeah, he's a big budget like effects guy. That's right. his thing, you know. So I'd be shocked if he messed that up. But and you're, but you're right though. That is gonna make or break the movie. I mean, if the effects aren't good, no one's gonna like the movie. Yeah, I mean, for me, the the effects come with I mean they've, they've got to be great like that's one of the things where I uh, I just assume if you're doing an Aquaman movie it's got to look good you know that'd be like me saying you know with Black Panther I, I wasn't really thinking about whether or not Wakanda was going to look good because I was like they're not doing this movie if they're gonna you know not touch up Wakanda or not make it good you know that you know you're not going to do like uh, Infinity War can't do the CGI right, you know. So those, that's one of those things where I'm like, I, it's a given in my mind that the CGI and the effects and stuff will look passable. The the story in no means is a given. The the story, the the concept, um, the acting, that stuff is not a given. That stuff you'd hope. I mean, you'd hope the acting somewhat of a given, especially with Momoa because we've seen him. But um, these characters, we'll have to see whether or not that stuff plays out. But very rarely do you see a good movie that you're like the CGI and the 
characters or the CGI and the effects and the visuals did not hold up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I actually think the fact that this is all underwater is going to be a, a very big plus for the movie because that's not something you see. It's different. Yeah, and you're you're right. That's not something that you see, but I think that will that will help this movie stand out. It should people. help it because it's. Again, I mean, it's never been done before. Yeah, this hasn't been done before. It's, it's gonna a be like, chance to be even like... people that aren't into superheroes are going to be like, whoa, like, yeah. the whole thing is underwater? like Or like 95% of it is just about an underwater society? And it's like a big budget Which movie? Which I, I hope that they do it well, because when I yeah. see set photos of uh, Mera and, 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 Mera and, and you yeah, know uh, Arthur just... They look out, like they look like they, the they look like they're at the beach or they're at like Coachella. <laughs> like that gives me a little nervous. I'm like, where are the shots of them underwater? It must be hard to get set photos underwater. Though. That's the only thing I'm thinking of. I mean, there are some of them in some kind of blue environment that looks like it probably a set. Well, this thing. is James Wan talking to them about, uh, you know, where oh, trying to them like chilling or whatever. Yeah, and then there's one shot where it looks like they're underwater, but I mean, I, I can't even see what this is. Yeah, I so, mean they're not gonna like have actual shots of them underwater. I wouldn't think. I'd well like to have seen one shot that made it look like the guy was on the water. Yeah. Like, Yo, that looks dope. I mean, we're gonna get a tra- we're, getting, we're getting a trailer at uh, San Diego. That is the big news. Like, I think we're San getting Diego Comic Con. We're getting that trailer, and what were you gonna say? I, I think there's a chance we might be getting something before that. I mean, they told us. They said told us was getting. They say it's gonna. They say it's gonna Yeah, that's what they said. Uh, I think this is what we were going to get before, if you yeah. were asking. What do you mean? Like, if you thought there was something big was going to happen before, I think this is it. Yeah. Right. I mean, Comic-Con's only, like, a month This away. is them warming them up, warming you up for what's going to happen at Comic-Con. I mean, but I, I feel like they got to come out with something more, though. Like, DC at Comic-Con. They, it can't just be Aquaman. Oh, no way it's going to be just Aquaman. I, I, I'm, I think so, too, but I did have to at least put that out there. I mean, we'll have, obviously, the Wonder Woman... 84 movie. You think we'll have footage? Not necessarily footage, but they'll have something there. Okay. Uh, I think very good chance we'll have footage of Captain Marvel. Maybe, maybe not we'll I'm, see I'm it, t- but they'll show I'm us about DC. DC exclusively. I'm talking about this DC. Yeah, call it Captain DC. Marvel. Oh, Shazam. Shazam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Cat, he's still my Captain Marvel. But <laughs> regardless, um, and beyond that, uh, <laughs> it's funny how both you guys thought. I told yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I was confused. I was like, I'm like, not talking about DC. But um, well, the old heads will be appreciative of what you just did. <laughs> uh, and so then beyond that, anything out of that would be extra, would be cool. The Batman, I expect nothing from. They gotta give us a slate still. I know we did this conversation last yeah. week. They got that. That yeah. I almost think that's more important than footage of any other movie beyond beyond Aquaman. Mm. I don't think we need to see anything else. I need to see what the hell are you doing moving forward. Yeah, I would like to. Yeah, I would definitely like to know. That brings us to our, our, our next story, talking about uh, The Hollywood Reporter, which came out with a pretty big expose, kind of just talking about the state of D.C., which I think is a kind of good time to talk about it, because we're now kind of off of the the high that was Avengers Infinity War, and you kind of have to remember, oh, there's another major movie company that's supposed to be competing, that's supposed to be competing. They clearly aren't right now. That's yeah. supposed to be what they're doing. So what is their plan moving forward? They just hired a new president. And the next movie they have coming out is a very long time from now. It's a big jump between Justice League and Aquaman. So what is happening? Well, there are a couple of different interesting things. For note, uh, it seems more and more unlikely that we're going to get Ben Affleck 
as the Batman. Their idea is that they're looking for a younger Batman and that Affleck returning seems unlikely. Uh, there also was a little bit of interesting news about The Flash. It seems like they're going to be departing from what was going to be a much darker story into whatever the movie's going to be now, which is extremely fascinating considering, again, it's called Flashpoint. I don't know what lighter story you'd be telling when you name a movie Flashpoint. That makes me very nervous yeah. now. Um, and then a typical, I, this isn't really news, but kind of like just a, a typical kind of, I think, a kind of morale or kind of just a, a pulse of the company. One of the insiders uh, said that Hamada basically had to come in and just basically he came into what they called an S-show. <laughs> yeah. Like that everything was just effed up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> he spent the last month. Look, man, we talk, we've been talking about that and he's, show he's every spent the week. Last, he spent the last the months basically, you know, babysitting these properties, getting them into order, cutting the ones that they don't want to do homing in on the ones that they do want to do and then also trying to have a much more of a hands-on approach for the big titles. Of course, your Batman, your Wonder Woman, your Supermans, and things like that. So this was a very interesting article. Uh, and we also I, I had shout out the article. A shout-out uh, uh, Boris Kitt, who we, we've talked about before on right. the show. He wrote this article. We, we also had um, this isn't, I also feel like the timing of this article coincided with, you know, debunking that that whole reddit thing of the plans of the dceu but what i will say is uh i totally think that yeah yeah remember i mean and we also this week had you know jeff johns moving out of his you know spot in in dc to work on green lantern and in that they said it's gonna be john stewart and hal jordan so for the green lantern movie i didn't even hear about this so that coincided with this story, I believe that might have been Hollywood Reporter also, or Vanity Fair, or some one of these places, but or Variety. I don't think it was Vanity Fair, but um, that coincided with that. Uh, with this story, makes me think that this is all something that they want to push out to, uh, you know, debunk any rumors or any speculation or any fake news that's out there about DC. Yeah, I mean, uh, Hamada needs to just kind of just. Get, he needs to just turn into just Feige. Well, yeah. I don't know if he has to turn into Feige, but he needs he needs to uh, <laughs> transform into Kevin Feige. Yeah, you know, he needs to get a handle on all this stuff. You know, because it's too much. I mean, he's the president. All this crazy stuff. I'm sure he's busy, right? He's yeah. the president of this whole thing. I'm sure he's very. He's a very, very, very busy man. But media and PR is important, right? You know, <laughs> and you have to get a handle on all this stuff that's leaking out. These crazy things about all this. Oh, this is happening. This one isn't happening. This one's in the movie. No, he's not. And he's directing it. No, he's not. Yeah. Like all this stuff. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a comparison to Hamada. Um, it's not a political show. I wanna make this very clear. I'm not making whatever I'm saying is not to suggest Nothing, that the person. Fire, EJ. <laughs> whatever I'm suggesting is not to make the point that the person that I'm talking comparing him to is doing a good or bad job. I am not here to make that discussion. But. This only became apropos to me because it became very obvious from how you guys explained it and how I read this article. Especially when you talk about the PR part of it, which I totally agree with you, Sham. Hamada has a little bit of a Bill de Blasio feel to him. That can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Yeah, so let me, he's the mayor, so let me, mayor, yeah, mayor think, of New York City. A lot of people, yeah, probably wouldn't even... Well, anyone yeah, listening to this show in New York will have a strong opinion about what I just said. Yeah. Again, I'm not talking about anything in terms of Bill de Blasio policy. But the one thing I think everyone agrees that Bill, Bill de Blasio has had an issue with is getting his meshes out 
and showing people that he's doing things effectively. Whether you like him or dislike him, that has been a criticism he's dealt with. It's a criticism that he says. He says for him that it's difficult to... And the reason why he's a career is because he says it's difficult for him to kind of talk about the work he's done as opposed to just doing the work. Right. I think Hamada has the same issue, which is why I made that comparison. When you talk about, yes, it's nice that you're doing this work, but like you need to tell people what you're doing. I think he has a de Blasio issue. I think that he very well could be doing great work. I do think part of this was, I think this was a PR stunt, this article, quite frankly. But it was in response to wild rumors that were getting out that we were talking about in the air that other people were going on podcasts and writing about and discussing, and it put them on the defense. I think it does speak to, I think Hamada, if there's any weakness I've seen from him so far, is that there needs to be a little bit more of a better job in managing the PR game. Yeah, I mean, And knowing what will hit and what won't hit. Like, the things that they've tried to push from a PR standpoint, I think have either not worked or been a disaster. Batgirl, disaster. That ended up being a disaster. And the Joker... It's two Joker movies. The Joker like, stuff, I think, is a net, at best a neutral. Mm-hmm. I don't think that people are looking at that throwing, going crazy, like, yo, this is going to be dope. I think there's some people who are excited. There are a lot of people who aren't. So the stuff that they've tried to do to kind of get on the good PR side of the fans... I don't think have been very effective, and I don't think they've done very much of it. Instead, they've let Ben Affleck and Matt Reeves dangle out in the wind without still not knowing what the hell is going on, letting dozens of rumors get out there, um, not knowing what the deal is with the Flash directors. Like, a lot of these different things that they could have had a better handle on that maybe they were actually working on, and with better PR, maybe we wouldn't have so much com- so much issues with, they didn't really get a handle on. And that's the one thing if I was... Looking at Hamada's early work so far, not seeing any movies, but just seeing how they've operated. That's the one thing I think they could have improved. Yeah. Which is why I compare him to Bill de Blasio. De Blasio is a very similar figure in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It might just be an unfortunate thing because, like, like in nowadays with social media and in the it's media. It's a necessity now. You have to. It wouldn't I have mean, mattered like, 15 years ago. He could have been doing nothing. Yeah, nobody would care. Just, yeah, but now, with, you know, in the MCU with Feige and how Feige so public yeah. and so open yeah. about everything that, that is going on. Um, now, he's just kind of hiding in the background. Well, not hiding, but he's in the background. Yeah, he's scared. <laughs> he's, well, he's scared of No, but he's like in the background, you know, whereas before that would be okay. But, you know, the DCEU is not doing well. So we need to know what is going on. Uh, and we need to know what is happening, especially with all these different things flying around. It's not even like it's quiet. It's, it's not even like it's a quiet mess. It's a completely very loud, scattered mess where it's all over the place. And, and what, we what need was, order. What was unique and alarming about DC situation was that it wasn't fake stuff. Like, we have fake stuff every time, everywhere, you know, rumors and stuff. And we had that last week or whatever. But, like, a lot of the mess came from, like, official reporting of, like, you know, Hollywood reporters saying we're getting a Lobo movie yeah. and, you Dead know, varieties. Yeah, we got Deadshot and Birds of Prey and Harley <laughs> Quinn and you know, all these movies, Suicide Squad 2. And it's like, aren't all these movies the same? You know, so that, that ended up being the problem was that we had multiple different sources from all, all reputable sources, reputable, reputable, multiple reputable, different reputable sources yeah. claiming 
different stuff or just stuff contradictory that, stuff contradictory stuff stuff, stuff that, that like, nobody wanted stuff yeah. nobody wanted stuff that like if, if this if this person is true yeah, the booster gold and blue beetle movie yeah exactly it's <laughs> coming yeah exactly it was, it was stuff where like if this person's true that we're getting a booster gold and this person's true that we're getting lobo or like then this doesn't make sense like why would we get all these different movies or like you say contradictory stuff and it's that Someone would say we're getting Gotham City Sirens, and the other would say we're getting a Harley Quinn movie, yeah. and the other would say we're getting Birds of Prey, and you're like, what are the differences between these <laughs> yeah. movies? So that, they can't that all the, possibly be coming yeah, exactly. at the same time. So that's where the confusion came. Marvel, you don't have that, because you have one source saying we're getting this, and even if you do have an outside source, they generally is coming through Marvel, but if, if you do have it from an outside source, that's the only time you hear about it. It'll what come. Is, I would love to know, what is the media strategy that is allowing this to happen? The leaks? Yes, because with Marvel, we just never have this issue. Yeah. There's never an issue about what movie may come out or won't come out. I do think it Disney is more strict. Even with, on, with, with Even on Warner Reddit, Brothers, it's just... You don't, just, you don't see Marvel. fake news. You yeah. don't see anything. With, Mar- with Warner Brothers, it's just, it's just leaks all over the place. Right. And you would assume the leaks are done on purpose. At least that's how I'd have assumed. Like, the leaks to the record war. I mean, the Reddit stuff, that's whatever. But, I mean, the leaks to, like, your Hollywood Reporter, those sort, that kind of source reporting, I'm assuming is calculated. In some instances, probably, yeah. Maybe not every time. I don't think that I don't think that they want people to know that Deadshot's coming out. I mean, I think that, I'm sorry, I think that they do want people. Right. I think they're trying to get people to, to feel excited about these things, whether yeah. they do or not. Because a lot of times they do it in a way where, in which it's, like, some, they have they're in, they have some bad momentum. Let's we'll see if we can. Yeah, come up and, and it'll be a major spread and it sparks conversation. Yeah. Like I think that they like their strategy. I guess the question, I guess Until the question is like, like yeah, and then my question becomes, yeah, like because it's gotten so out of control, what is the where it what 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 are the positives? Yeah, or, or like just how do they go about doing this? Because I don't think that it's worked. I mean, I for me, it I may be, have worked. It may have been. I think it hasn't worked post BVS. Right. Maybe before BVS, there was still that idea of being excited about these DC movies. But since that movie, that strategy has not worked. And I don't know what the I know what the plan. I know the the rationale is very simple. Again, you just come out with a slate and say this is what's happening. And maybe this is me just complaining about something that may happen next month. But I I do feel like at a certain point that has to come. We can't have this. Right. This movie's happening, but we're not announcing it. This movie's happening, but we're not announcing it. Actually, never mind. That movie's not happening because the director can't find a script. Like you know, like these things, like and that kind of puts them in trouble. So when I read an article that says you know uh, Hamada feels like he's walked into an S show, it makes sense. It looks like an S show from the outside, and and again the DC fanboys. Um, I hate to call them that. Yeah, I, like, I feel like I, I feel like I am a DC fanboy. DC fanboys, but. They, they, to me, they call themselves that even at this point. Like, at a certain point, I think they would even have to acknowledge that if if Hamada feels like he's walking into nonsense, that they gotta acknowledge that that that, that what was happening has been chaos a little bit. I mean, and has, I don't, I don't has, know if they ever will, but this to me confirmed that a little bit. That I thought it was one of the most interesting parts of the article that yeah. Hamada felt like he had to clean up so much. I mean, he did. I mean, and it's chaotic, and I don't even hate the DC movies. I know. I think you're the one who looks at them most positively on this show. Yeah, I don't hate the DC movies, but it's been a, cha- a very chaotic media situation. Yeah. I mean, we cover it all the time. It's very confusing. It's not a comfortable 
you know, enthusiastic it, confusion. It, it's just the confusion. It, and a lot of it, for the most part, had nothing to do with the quality of the movie. It's, again, like Schmar said, the confusion of these movies coming out and everything leading up to these movies seems hectic, seems chaotic. Now, it doesn't help that Suicide Squad flopped, but even if that movie was good, I'd still be like, man, like, DC, they're still screwing up with all, with all yeah, these leaks and stuff. Dead, dead and and so while we have a million... Movie, like, with Marvel, the like the only thing I could compare that to is if like, we got, like... We were hearing, oh, we got a War Machine movie coming, then we got a Falcon movie coming, or a Falcon and Bucky movie coming out. <laughs> and it's like, why do we have all this stuff? We don't have all that with Marvel. We have a very... We can predict the slate, and... And we can still guess, like... There's yeah. still a lot we can guess. What DC is like, there's nothing to guess. Like, they've told, to guess. They told us every, every possibility, everything for the next yeah. ten years. Every literal, every literal possibility for a movie they can make is, is being made. So, I mean, like we're talking about Nova Core movies. Yeah, yeah. New Gods. You can't yeah, forget about New, New Gods. Ava Oh well, yeah, well, but yeah, yeah I mean, movie. New Gods, and we we got all this other stuff, and it's just like this is too much. That movie, I, that's another one. Man. I don't think it's coming out. Man. I don't know if that's they got a director attached to it. I don't know if that's it's one of the few movies that honestly. actually has a director. Man, Black Adam had a star, and I don't think that one's ever coming out. Yeah, but that's different. The Rock, the Rock, <laughs> the Rock since the beginning a, of the DCEU, the, the, the Rock's been in. They're very busy, man. Is there any part of you guys that feels like part of the like the slowdown on anything involving Black Adam has to do with maybe the Rock trying to like distance like, himself. Yeah, trying to you know electric slide his way out of the DCEU. <laughs> Cause doesn't it does? I kind of said it is weird to me that he was one of the first people confirmed in DCEU, basically outside of like the Justice League, Man of Steel. Yeah, really, even I mean, beyond that, just Man of Steel. I mean, I he say. came out similar to Aqu- similar. To I mean, Affleck. I would I would say if the DCEU like if their movies were more highly praised, I think he would he be would more, have been he would be more excited. He would be on be Black Adam man. three. Yeah, you see the way that guy cracks out movies. Yeah, <laughs> they would have been filming Black Adam three today. But because of what's happened, I no doubt feel like they're not a priority. He's like, oh, actually, I got another, I got another Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. Oh, you want to do this? Ah, I gotta do Rampage. Exactly. Oh, you want, I want to do Black Adam? Ah, nah, I gotta do I another, do sky, got another earthquake, skyscraper, got another yeah. earthquake movie. Like he's always got something else in mind. Oh, you guys, oh, I gotta go to Raw tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back to the rest. I got some ballers. I got television. I got film season four. Like it seems like there's something that always keeps stepping in the way of. There being a Black Adam situation, we heard that he's not going to be in Suicide Squad two anymore. Well, that that's the maybe, rumor. Yeah, but that seemed to be which fake. Which is though. why, man, so we'll I they really got to take the reins at this Comic Con. We cannot have these questions. We had these questions post Comic Con. I don't care what they show; it's a failure. I, Aquaman look great. If, we, if I'm still walking around at the Comic Con being like, I don't know who Batman is. I don't know when it's coming out. <laughs> that that's a failure. Come, yeah. They have to get this right. They have to tell the people. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I don't think we will. You think that they, I'm going to walk out very angry after this Comic-Con? You, I, think I, there's a good I don't know how you'll feel. Really? You both, guys both think I'm going to be angry after this Comic-Con? I think they'll show us a lot, but I don't think we'll get any type of sleep. Because I don't think That's they know yet. Yeah, I don't think they know. I don't think we're going to get sleep. They don't, they don't want to hold <laughs> oh my God. them. You guys, think, you guys they don't want to tie themselves down to anything because their thing yeah, is so exactly. chaotic. Okay, here's my question. We haven't gotten If that's the case, which is insane to me, am I crazy to feel like that's outrageous? Or am I on my wallet right now? I feel I like it feels unrealistic for me. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the standard operating procedure for DC right now. Yeah, like if it were Marvel, I'd be like, that's strange. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, wow. But, but for DC? That's what they've done so far. I mean, I ha- don't really have any reason 
if they came out with a slate, EJ, would you expect them to stick to it? And, yeah, and like, like if they I, came out with a six movie slate for the next four years, I would say this: you would say every movie's coming out the date that they announced. I can't say that because even Marvel hasn't. Yeah, I was done gonna that. say I don't know. I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if you can say Marvel that for moves, any. Black Panther. I mean, <laughs> right, that, right. There are some moving that, moving that, but but I see what you're saying. Like would in would they get close? Would, those would all those movies even come out? Yeah, I was gonna say that's, even, those, that's, that's a question that we can't. Out. I mean, Marvel only did that with one movie. Inhumans, the only movie they scrapped that they announced. I mean, it's a good question. It, it, here's what I'll say. If Hamada came out with a slate, I feel much more comfortable feeling like, okay, this is what's happening. Because as they as they leaked out to the Hollywood press, he Hollywood reporter, he's come in and had to really do a lot of moving and shaking. So if they came out with a presentation now, okay, this is what's happening, I would assume that this came from his work. <laughs> And putting this together and saying, okay, this is my vision. After being here for five or six months, seeing the chaos that I was in, this is what we came yeah. up with. So I would feel more confident that they get close to it. My my last question is the whole Jeff Johns thing. Do we think that th- that this whole reassignment was him having to give in his playbook? You know, was he asked? Yeah, he was fired. He was asked. They were he like, you, you can't be on these movies. Like... You can help with Green Lantern. Yeah, they'll make him do Green Lantern, which yeah. is smart. He knows Green Lantern I don't think inside and out. Yeah, I don't know if there's someone who has a better handle on the Green Lantern universe and characters and Hal Jordan than Jeff Johns. But yeah, I think he was given his play. He 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 gave in his playbook. He gave in his iPad. Yeah, you got he found the pink slip. <laughs> to uh, me, Jeff Johns <laughs> always felt like a weird pick to do what he was doing, only because. And we talked about it on this show. He's not a movie guy. Yeah. From what I know, I've only known him as do superheroes. Comic books. Comic books. Yeah. You know, yeah. Comic books, I mean. So it seemed odd to make him the president of a movie company. And to me, they always needed a Kevin Feige. And I don't know if John's fit the bill. I know the guy can make kick-ass stories and conceptualize great things. But could he? does he know how to put that into movies? And then the second part was he was a guy who, like, did not like put down his pen right this guy had the make arguably the biggest challenge of any comic book writer in the last 15 years trying to do doomsday clock that is still coming out right how are you going to do that and then also be heading a major movie company that doesn't take that's not a i do this every this is my hobby i write doomsday clock that's your life you know, so how he could do that and do both, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it was kind of a mutual thing. When once Kamada came in, said, "Okay, clearly you have a vision, and I don't have time to do this, so let's just part ways now." I don't know. Um, I think that is exciting that he is doing Green Lantern. I think that that's a, a that's a good bit of news that came out of this. But in terms of them losing him, I don't think that's that big a deal. I like his mind. Uh, in terms of stories, so I feel like they, he's always someone that can be useful, but I don't know if the role he was given was necessarily the best role. The role he was given felt more like a managerial, kind of putting people in the right places role. I don't think that's what I want from him. I want him writing stories. You don't do that, what they were asking him to do. Well, yeah, like, because it felt like they, they were one of those companies that seemed to want to give... This was Phil Jackson being the GM. Right. They wanted to give their people the freedom... He wasn't. I don't think he was as hands-on as maybe we would have liked, um, in the sense that they felt like, oh, you can do this because you're not actually making the film. You know, Snyder's going to be doing it, or so and so's going to be doing it. Ayer, 
and you're not going to be making the films. You're going to be helping with the stories. And it, it fell through. The organization wasn't there. The, you know, the know-how to make a movie like that wasn't didn't come from the the higher ups. And obviously Snyder flopped and Ayer one day flopped one day we'll get Jeff Johns on the show to ask him about what his time was like for the. It will be the first it, one. Was he even a year? He was the president of DC Entertainment or wherever the the company. I don't even remember what he got appointed. I mean, yeah, obviously I don't he's been a, he's been attached to all these movies, but. Yeah. but when he was named the yeah, it, I don't think it was a year. Yeah, it was shorter than that. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It might be like yeah, nine yeah, months, maybe. Like you know, yeah. I feel like uh, this happened like last summer. <laughs> when, yeah. When they announced that. Yeah. But then we were talking about this during New York Comic Con that that was a thing. Yeah. In fact, when we saw him in New York Comic Con, that that was like the thing everyone talked about, even though he was talking about Doomsday Clock. Right. Um, um. But yeah, I mean, I basically feel the same way as you do, EJ, about this Jeff John stuff. I mean, I'm I feel more comfortable with him just working on the movies, writing things. I mean, managing all these movies seemed like a big tax for him in the first place. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. Um, I mean, I'd be surprised if Hamada had any kind of slate, uh, especially if he's walking into the mad, uh, madhouse at the DCEU. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, he should just be focusing on... Um, I mean, he does have to do PR, but like, if he's still cleaning stuff up still... <laughs> in terms yeah. of running to these different movies and saying, hey, don't do this, do that. Like, he should fix those before he comes out with any kind of sleep. Right. So. Move over to Marvel real quick, guys. We should talk about this. At Cine Europe, uh, Marvel showed some uh, behind-the-scenes featurette footage of Captain Marvel. In that, uh, Kevin Feige, who introduced clip, uh, introduced uh, Captain Marvel as the, quote, new face of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That is a very interesting way to put that considering and where leader. we are and the leader of the Marvel Cinematic Universe moving forward um, any thoughts on this real quick Cap and Tony are dead oh, that's, that's it that's you making I mean that's a fair that, I mean that's a fair <laughs> assumption I didn't I wasn't even thinking about that but I mean it seems it, it seemed impossible it seems hard to imagine a scenario where they are around and active yeah, even if they're not dead, they're I mean, out yeah, of the picture. Yeah. And she's I mean, by dying is pretty dumb. I, I, mean, I don't know if they're they're both dead, but they're both out of the picture for sure. And that seems like a fair she's assumption. A leader going forward. It's surprising that he would say that then. Mm. If what you guys are saying is is accurate, is it surprising that he would reveal that? It is surprising. I don't know why he revealed. It's that. it's a strange <laughs> hey, look. It's a strange comment. If that is the case, like you said. It's very um, unlike Feige to just reveal stuff like this that. Part of me feels like that's why I'm not. Maybe it's a red not, herring. Yeah, maybe you might be throwing that but out there. Why? Part of me feels like, like I'm not 100 a random Cine Europe thing. Like yeah, just, he knows it's gonna get out. It doesn't matter where he could do it in a Brooklyn, <laughs> Brooklyn barbershop. It would get out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it matters. Like, why, like, I don't why think it matters. Randomly, randomly yeah. drop it. He can say whatever he wants anywhere, herring. and it's gonna get out because he's Kevin Feige and it's Marvel. Part of me feels like because of the way he releases, honestly, why I'm still not 100 percent convinced that it is a scenario where. They're all off the picture. Because that seems like a spoiler. So, is there a scenario where she, she's the him. captain now? In one, more than that's just in captain. word. Like, in that, I, t- I think she's going to wear the gauntlet. That's been my biggest bold prediction for this Infinity War movie. That everyone assumes that it's going to have to take those three Holy Trinity characters to take down Thanos. And I think it's just going to be Captain Marvel. And I think it's going to be her driving the, steering the engine and her being... They the have person to do who that, puts man. the gauntlet on. Like, and to me, if she does that, and you don't kill off these characters, and when you say she's the new face, 
she puts on the gauntlet and takes out Thanos. Is anyone really gonna argue that she's the new face of Marvel? Her movie has to be really good for that's, well, for that's people, I mean for that's pretty point. Okay with that. That's not where I'll. Which is also a major go. step. That's a major but, thing for him to say too, because uh, I'd argue Black Panther should be the face of Marvel. I've always felt that Spider Man was gonna or, be next or Spider Man. Either yeah, one I of those two characters. But and Black Panther made a great case after his movie. I but, will say that I don't think that they'll. I don't think that this movie studio will ever fully embrace Spider Man as long as they're in this weird Sony, Sony situation. Right. I don't know if they'll ever call him that. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's... Because that's, that's, that's... Again, that's an awkward thing to do. Because you're like, we don't even own this guy. We don't even make yeah, all our money off this guy. He's on loan. He's like a soccer player. He's yeah, on, he's yeah, on, he's on, on loan. He's on loan. Not even our player. Yeah. Um, so what I will say is that, like Shamari said, this... I think this does... I mean, if he's this confident, I think this bodes well for the character. And, it's not coming and I think this means that She's gonna get a ton of treatment in these. I mean, she's gonna have her own movie obviously coming out. But by the time we get to Infinity War, like Captain Marvel is gonna be Avengers Four. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Avengers Four, whatever it's gonna be called. (laughs) Endgame, Infinity Gauntlet. There's like a million names floating out there. But when we get to uh, Avengers Four, Captain Marvel is gonna be a huge player. So you feel like going into the movie, he has to be. The game has already changed in terms of how we look at the Marvel universe. I think, yeah, I think, like, she may be a known figure. Like, it'll be, like, I think Captain Marvel going into Avengers 4 will be, like, Cap going into Avengers. Oh, I think you're going to say, like, a Black Panther going into this movie. Like, like after First Avenger, like, Captain America was just Captain America. Yeah. We had already seen his origin. It was like, yo, this is crazy. Now he's going to be this with is, this is Iron the guy. Man. Yeah. yeah, we already knew what his presence would mean. Right, Like, right. even though he hadn't shown up yet. Like, Captain Marvel, I think, will be the same way, like, after going through that movie, I think they were really excited about this movie. I could be, maybe I'm reading too much into Feige's comments. I mean, that to me seems like a, I would agree. That seems like to, because they were confident in Black Panther. Right. But I think they also were a little bit surprised. They were surprised. They were surprised. So, oh, yeah, that's fair. which is why they never made crazy statements like he's right, the right, new right. face of the Marvel <laughs> Universe. So the fact that they're jumping out the window for And that's the thing, Captain like they Marvel, had Black Panther. And maybe they didn't know as good as it was going to be, but they, they knew, like, all right, we made this movie. It's going to be this level. And now they see the outcome of Black Panther, and they're like, but nah, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel is still going to be. It's the face. Right. So either that means that they think that either they're out of touch. Right. And they're, they're overrating her impact. Which hasn't really been the case for Marvel, that they've been out of touch with what nah. their movies have done. Yeah. I, I think mean, I think they want Captain Marvel to be like their The one. Mandarin situation is the only time I felt they were out I of touch. I would agree with that. Yeah. I think they're trying to have Captain Marvel be like their Wonder Woman. That's in what it sounds of, like. In obviously. terms of reaching out to like a more like female audience and having her be the kind of female lead for the It's NFC. almost like they they almost like that in a way they could be kind of making up for DC's error. DC's obvious error. Well, DC's error may have just simply been in how the movie was structured. Justice League. <laughs> right. But. Well, but like the idea that like Wonder Woman should have became the face, she should have immediately become the she face. Bench. Of DC, and instead, yeah, instead she was, you know, she was, she was the third, fourth yeah, option. Yeah, you know, instead starting game one was Ben Affleck. It's like, no, yeah. your game one starter should have been Wonder Woman. Ben Affleck should not, he should be like your long reliever at this point in a seven game series. Yeah, exactly. But it may have just been like scheduling, just like yeah. in a picture. I'm like, oh, wait, we pitched We're not going to rewrite the movie. We pitched him the last season finale, the season finale, we pitched uh, Wonder Woman, so we, she can't pitch game one. Right. Like, it may have been an issue just because of the scheduling. When they made Justice League, they couldn't say, Okay, let's 
Make another Wonder Woman movie. Make a third Justice League movie since we <laughs> kind of yeah. made two. Yeah, exactly. And a to it and make all, it all about Wonder Woman. Yeah. They couldn't change everything. So maybe Marvel's like, hey, we saw what they did with Wonder Woman and how they, not really by their fault, but kind of still their fault. Earlier. Screwed it up, their own momentum. Let's take that momentum and let's actually do it right. Earlier in the show, we talked about how the Incredibles won. We talked about the idea of like nostalgia and Incredibles. One always being better than Incredibles two. Right. The sequel is tough to it's tough to top the original. When we compare Captain Marvel and Wonder Woman will always be compared. Absolutely. It and obviously Wonder Woman in some people's eyes is one of the five best comic book movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Is there any possible way that Captain Marvel tops Wonder tops Wonder Woman? Or do you feel like that's too lost? Good, it's an interesting question. Uh, it doesn't have to. I mean, uh, it doesn't have to. But, like, the way they're hyping it honestly, up, would it be a pa- failure if it part didn't? Of me, part oh, of me, no, I don't mm-hmm. think it would be a failure if it didn't. Because I think the bar is really high. Yeah, that's a really and bar. second, my, my gut wrench answer, and this is maybe surprising, considering where, the way I talk about DC on the show, no, I don't think that it's going to reach Wonder Woman. You think it's almost impossible? I think, that, I think part of the issue is... It's one on one versus Captain. That's Marvel. what I was thinking. I was thinking exactly. Like the same. to me, like, it's like if you, if you told me, so many people any, up with Like, is there any chance, like a great Batman movie, would outdo? Like, could, could like, I'm trying to think of a character. Um, Ant Man. I, I wouldn't. Captain Marvel is bigger than Ant Man, but like, could like I don't know. Good in one. theory, could like Aquaman. Could really? could a could a, crazy could a, could a great movie Aquaman movie be better than like the Dark Knight? Or be better than Captain America. Like, that seems unlikely to me. Like, yeah. could it be done? Maybe. But if Captain America did an A-plus game and Aquaman did an A-plus game, I think people are always going to still look at Captain yeah. America because it's Captain America. I think the difference... And Wonder Woman was great. The only difference I would say is that Captain Marvel, name included, had the Marvel brand attached to it. And because of that... I don't think people will care as much about who even Captain Marvel is, even if you're not familiar. Because there are gonna be playing people that aren't familiar with Captain Marvel. That we saw it. I in, think that we saw it in Infinity War. I'd say about eighty percent of the people won't know who this person is. Exactly. See this movie, and we're gonna see her movie, like you said. And I don't think that'll matter because Brie Larson, not maybe a, a A-list actor, but f- fairly big, especially for people that have watched movies. Yeah. Um, but I think for younger people, certainly a bigger name. Yeah, you know, an Academy Award winning actress. Uh, and you've got the Marvel brand. And a character that will be pushed. I mean, this is the first female Marvel movie. This movie's going to get pushed yeah. in the same light that Black Panther was pushed. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think there's a chance. Because when we look at Black Panther, and you compare that to Warner Woman, it's close. But I think a lot of people will, will stick part, with Black Panther. Part of me and does, can Captain Marvel get on the level of Black Panther? I think it's doable. It's going to be tough. Part of me wonders, the one thing that Black Panther had an advantage of is that it wasn't so close under the umbrella of Infinity War. I think it had a little bit of months to breathe. I think we're talking about May and July, if I'm not mistaken, in terms of the day, or March no, and it's May. It's March and May. March and May, okay. March and May, that's two months. Black Panther had February and May. So it got a good two, three months of being all anyone was talking about before we eventually started getting our full-on Avengers promo. 
with this movie, and now maybe it, it could just be in terms of how the movie plays, and maybe it will just play out to be like directly going into Infinity War in a way that makes sense. But because of that, will it end up always being kind of just the movie that came out right before Infinity War? No way. No way. I just think I feel the, like if they want her to be the face, that can't be the case. I think this movie. But, I think so we're underrating how good if they want her to like is, beat Thanos. Look, Avengers Four is the most important Marvel movie ever. In terms of how the timeline that they set up, I think that it, it could end up being inevitable. Two months before Avengers Four, I think as soon as that movie ends, you're talking about Avengers Four, where you we are. weren't. That wasn't necessarily the case with Black Panther, especially when you already kind of set up Captain Marvel to be the cavalry in this movie. Hey, I, don't, I don't know, man. Feige, Feige's a mastermind behind all this. <laughs> I, I think this Captain Marvel movie, the way Kevin Feige's talking, I think this has a chance to be an all-timer. The confidence that they have, maybe it's bravado, but I just get the sense that they think that I in terms of popularity, she's going to be on the same level as Wonder Woman by the end of this movie. And by the end of Avengers 4, like they're going to be equals. In the same light that... If that's the case, that would be a nightmare scenario for DC. I think, the I one, think they're shaking in their boots the right one now. major thing that they can stand on still. And they haven't been able to do it, again, because of scheduling. But it's something they really could have pumped their chest out and when for. Is, and if Marvel's able to get ahead of them on that before they really can, before we can get to Wonder Woman 84, that would be... Yeah. That would, that would... That could spell a lot of trouble for them. And... When you look at... Like, when you look at the schedule for these movies, you said we have Captain Marvel coming out in March, March. of 2019. Yeah. Wonder Woman 82 is coming 84, out. 84. 84, 82. Yeah. Wonder Woman 84 is coming out November of 2019. So, by the time we get to Wonder Woman 84, we might have already been talking about how Captain Marvel was just as good, if not better, than Wonder Woman. Now, EJ, you don't think that's likely or possible, but... I think it's highly unlikely. Um, I think we could look at it and say these are two incredible female movies. Like, yeah, that we don't I really compare too much. likely that it'll be like, yo, Captain Marvel was... Because that's hard to do. They're very... Better than they're like two or three movies that's, that you can say that about. Yeah, that's going to be hard to do. And we'll get, we'll get a taste of how Marvel treats female characters in Ant-Man and the Wasp as well. That is true. We all have a female hero. Yeah. And Wasp will be in as Infinity War as well. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. We would hope so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope so. She was in Infinity War, but... Was she in that promo arc? <laughs> I she don't was know. not. I don't think so. Seems a little weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't think know so. why they would have done that. Uh, last story quickly before we recap. Uh, Cloak and Dagger. Um, the stars Cloak and Dagger want to... want to They want to do a Runaways crossover. Uh, they say that it makes sense considering the age... Uh, the age of the characters. Um, trying to read. Olivia Holt plays Dagger in the show. Say if we were to cross over with any of the Marvel shows, it would be definitely be them talking about the Runaways. Uh, and then Arby Joseph said, we're close in age and it would just probably make the most sense. I'm all for the Runaways. I would love to see Cloak and Dagger, uh, the Cloak and Dagger clan and the Runaways clan team up. Which is also interesting because it's like, we haven't really seen yeah, we haven't really seen... Unless he's talking about the production crew, which I don't think he is. We haven't really seen what the the ancillary characters of Cloak and Dagger look like, really. At least... not At least, at least unless, like, we, we are seeing them, they just haven't really made themselves that present yet. Is it what we're talking about? Uh, you know, uh, Tandy's mom and 
you know, what's the name's parents? Tyrone's Tyrone. parents. Uh, you know, you yeah, the other girl with Tyrone. Yeah, the other, yeah, girl, the other girl with Tyrone. Mom, I'm not still not quite sure how to make up. Then you have the the aunt who looks the like aunt, a villain. Yeah. We all talk about all this in a second. Um, that's a little bit of interesting. Thing. The, Are there uh, other characters? You got that, the kid that got arrested in the beginning. That guy. Okay. I expect Ooh, him to I think turn into we'll a be, villain. Yeah, I think we all do. Exactly, that's the yeah. most telegraph thing they have on that show right now. What do we think, though, of a Cloak and Dagger Runaways crossover? Uh, I mean, thumbs I up for it. me. I want to see it. Really? Yeah, I want to see it. They have to make it happen. I, I'm actually I'm actually not excited about that idea. Um, To me, first of all, I'll say I think it will happen. Really? Yeah, I think this will happen. You're right. Um, cause I think Cloak and Dagger will be. I think I think it will get another season, and I think that they may end up fast tracking this. Cause I think, I think for the most part, I think the pre premiere was well received. I think you know they got great ratings. They they uh they set records for freeform debuts, so they're gonna get renewed, and I think they're gonna try to fast track this thing. But, uh, to me, the tone of so far, at least the tone of of Runaways and the tone of Cloak and Dagger just don't add up. Uh, Runaways, Runaways is dark only in what happens, but I don't think the characters or like their situations are that dark. I think Cloak and Dagger is a much darker story. I'd argue Cloak and Dagger is much darker, even though it's not nearly as violent or like nearly as like real in some ways. But while Runaways, I think could be very real, like guys are getting shot and you know. Things like that, like you see things happen, it's much more violent. It's Hulu, they can kind of do whatever they want. Where ABC is on TV, but I think the tone of Cloak and Dagger is just way darker. I don't know how a character like Tyrone would mesh with anyone on the Runaways. At least the way they're they're doing them right now, it just seems weird. It's still very early. Yeah, I, the characters we see now aren't going to be the characters by the end of the season because they haven't met each other. Yeah, which I mean, is going to be a I big. Mean, I mean, by the end, Tandy's still taking drugs and. Still snorting stuff. I'm gonna say like it's it's a very dark story. I don't think she'll be doing that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I think she'll be a very like they're not heroes yet. Yeah, they still don't even fully understand their powers. Yeah. By the time we get to, just like kind of like the Runaways, you watch Runaway season episode two, they're kind of the characters are totally different. You know, by the end of the series or by the end of the season, in terms of their interactions with each other, their relationships with each other, their relationships to their parents, all that kind of stuff, totally upside down. I think Cloak and Dagger will be the same way, where um, we have these characters now, but they're intended to be a certain way. They'll be marketed a certain way. Um, like, Cloak doesn't even have his cloak, which I, I imagine he'll be wearing a lot. And so whether or not that makes him a darker character or a lighter character, I don't know. Um, you know, and these characters, I think, will have images and brands that will be much different than what we understand now. What do you make of this uh of this last episode? Uh I like the last episode. I like the last episode. A lot of uh a lot of it was just kind of like trippy visions. Yeah. Uh crossing Cloak's story and Dagger's story and their backstories and how they're eventually going to mix up. Um I like Tyrone's relationship with that girl. Um I uh, see. I like how he teleported and didn't really know what happened, and I like a lot of what happened in in the episode. Um, 
I just hope it's not like gonna be Arrow like where all the flashbacks and all that stuff and all the all the weird visions and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing that worries me is that we're gonna get more visions. I mean, they finally interacted and, and at the end it was like, okay, we have to talk. Sure. Now I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> um, but I think, but so I'm hoping that's kind of over, but I'm worried that it's not. Um, I like where they're going with this, or well, I don't really. Well, I mean, like you say, we we think that we believe that guy is gonna be a villain, um, but I like that you don't really know what's gonna happen. Like I don't know what they're gonna do with him yet. Yeah, we didn't really get. We got no explanation about where he even is in this episode. Well, where right? he is and what's going on, we don't <laughs> yeah. we don't know. Yeah. So <coughs> I like that I don't know what's gonna happen. So I, I'm feeling positive. I can tell you what's gonna happen. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be some deal with Roxxon Oil Company. Well, I mean, we know Roxxon's yeah. involved in some. Be something with the dad who worked there, and something with their powers. And Where does the Voodoo Aunt come into this though? That was. A- I don't think she'll be one of the main villains. Really? No. I, don't think I totally disagree. I think she'll play a factor in the power. She knows, she knows something. She knows he's cloak. Exactly. She does knows, she know the future? I she mean, knows something. That but to me ended up being a very interesting development in this. Maybe the most interesting. I don't think like the, entire the big bad. And again, I don't follow Cloak and Dagger. In the sense that I don't I know if they're villains or anything. Well, even beyond that, I would I would say I don't even know what's been reported about. Like we may know who the, the we might know by the cast who the main villain is going to be. But I just Cloak and Dagger was the last thing on my agenda uh, in terms of these movies. So it's like, I mean, maybe she was, maybe she's being cast as the, as the main villain. Right. But if she was, then maybe she is. But from what I just got the sense, I figured that we haven't met that guy yet or person, whoever it is. Um, to Shamari's point about visions, the one thing I appreciate about Cloak and Dagger, again, you talk about going for it. I feel like shows that go for it, I feel like you give them a lot more rope because they're trying. I think it was kind of one of the the successes of Arrow early on and The Flash that they both really went for it in terms of let's tell authentic Flash and Arrow stories. As best as we can with TV money, with TV CGI, but we're not gonna like pull our punches, so to speak, on certain things. I think that's kind of the reason why I we enjoyed the show so much early on. The one thing I do appreciate about Cloak and Dagger is they were going for it with these visions and going for it with these metaphysical situations in a way that I totally did not expect the show to do. It was very surprising. I fully expected the show to be way more teeny drama than what it is. It is way realer than I could have expected. And uh, I don't know how much I enjoy it yet in terms of, like, if this is how it's going to be all season, how will I feel about it? But I think that the effects have still been really good. And I think that for in terms of going forward on that metaphysical level, the only show that has topped that for us has been Legion. That's done that in a way where, I mean, this episode was, like, there were times where I did not know what was going on. And the only other show I can never say that about was Legion, where I was like, what? It's happening. I mean, when in the middle of the episode, all of a sudden we're back in that car crash. I'm like, I thought I like rewinded by accident. I was like, what the hell? We just saw this. I but realized, then you realize, oh, they're doing the Tyrone's thing. Yeah, I, I realized like because the shots were so different. I was yeah. like, oh, it's, this is like a uh, different perspective. Yeah, it's a different perspective, which was interesting. I agree. It maybe took me like, you know. And then by the time they seconds. are both in their metaphysical visions and they're kind of jumping back and forth. From I, each thought, of them, I thought it was stupid, personally. But you just didn't like the whole idea of that. I mean, maybe they'll explain why they have this connection or whatever. I, I'm sure that will be. But for now, I'm looking at this. I'm like, why are they seeing 
why is she seeing Tyrone as a kid like, playing oh, basketball? I want to see Cloak and I want to see Dak. Yeah, like, <laughs> they got to give me some explanation for this. You brought up the other young lady in the show, Sham. I honestly feel like her positioning is interesting. I'm not sure if it's good or bad because it's so. it was so weird to have an episode where they're so obviously trying to make a connection between Tandy and Tyrone. And then also have, in the same episode, you so obviously try to make a connection between Tyrone and this young lady as well. I don't remember her name. I don't remember. That seemed weird. Because, like, literally at the end of the episode, it's him, like, hooking up with his girl and then finding Tandy. It was like, it was kind of like, and I know the Tandy thing is not supposed to be, I guess, romantic yet, but it will eventually if it goes by how the comic books is gone. Makes it okay, is this girl, the voodoo girl, evil? Like, is she gonna, gonna be... And I think that's probably where they're going, that there's gonna be that twist at some point. But I think in terms of storytelling standpoint, I'm not sure if that... It seems jarring and weird that, like, at the same time, we went from one girl to this very, very, very deep connection he has with another girl. Yeah. And that he kind of didn't acknowledge either of them when... with the other. You know, it was just... That was the only part I was kind of, like, a little confused and wondered that if they could have maybe Wonder. done that a little differently. Yeah, I mean, they have some kind of plans in place. Yeah. I'm kind of just... I'm kind of just having faith in the writers. I mean, they've done a good job. They've done a good job so far. I think so, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they've they've got stuff up their sleeve. I think there's some characters that maybe even have yet to be introduced that may play a big role in the show. I mean... But right now, I just want them to get past this visions, we don't know each other phase that we seem to still be in. Is there a part of you guys that wishes the cop wasn't so obviously an evil man? Part of me kind of feels that way. Does it, does it feel a little tropey? Like, he's Ooh. he's so in, evil. In today's climate, like, like that's, the, that's reality. Because in the man. first two episodes, <laughs> it's very possible. In the first two episodes, like, it was like, I mean, you didn't know, like, quite how, I mean, you knew he was a bad person, but, like, like, all we knew was Tyrone was trying to kill him. So, like, him defending himself was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, if someone trying to kill me, I guess I'd try to kill them <laughs> to save my own life. But then, like, this episode, like, you, they ever established him as, like, oh, no, he's just a bad, corrupt I feel like we've seen. I like, feel like we've seen both angles, though. To the point where, like, Tyrone wanted to kill him is, like, I I'm, I don't want anyone to I'll die, but it's like, if this guy dies, I'm not going to show I feel like I've seen more of, like, the, oh, yeah, I, was, I did that. Ten years ago, but I'm I'm a different guy now. And then the guy says, Tyrone in this example would be like, oh, I can't kill him. You change. You think it's actually easier to do that story than it is to do this? Well, I think they're both tropes that we've seen before. Okay, Uh, they've just decided we're gonna go with the. I've always been evil. I'm still evil. You know, there is there is is a sense of there is. I will admit that there is a sense of if that's how they're gonna go, it should make it more difficult for Tyrone not to kill this guy. Like, I kind of do get that. Like, if, he's, if he, like, consistently shows himself to be evil, I'm sure by the season finale or whatever this guy meets his end, you're going to be like, just kill him. Like, But, like, we know he shouldn't do that. And this whole episode is about him not being, not doing that. That that, not, that him, that that scenario leads him to a dark path, wherever, whatever the situation is. Some of the imagery and how they did that was crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still feel like that's, like, this is, like, a ti- such a timely kind of topic, though. It is. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that it's not timely or that it's not, in some ways, accurate. But 
I don't know. I, I thought I, I feel like the character has zero nuance in a way that I, I did not expect. I thought I he. I don't think he's supposed to like. I don't think he's supposed to either. I'm just yeah, saying it's surprising. He's to me. just supposed to be a representation of something, right? So I don't mind him not really having not there. Not I don't mind there not being much depth to him as a character because I don't think he, his character is supposed to mean much. I think he's just supposed to represent, uh, like reality right, right. now. And like Tyrone's demons. Yeah, exactly. That too. Yeah. Um, no, I buy that. It's just, I had to ask a question because I'm watching this and I'm like, this guy is very evil. Yeah. Like in a way that like I don't, I like he's like super villain evil. Like like he could be like he could be on like yeah. Daredevil. I mean he's he like, could be working for, yeah, I was gonna say, for he's, Kingpin. He's like when he's Gotham City guys. <laughs> right or yeah he could be in Gotham. He's like when he's and, like it, for a show like that <laughs> where like the show seems so real, I just was like. I mean, there are really bad people in this world. But I, I mean, like, he's cartoonishly evil. Yeah, like right. he's like cartoonishly bad, diabolical. Like I mean, obviously. Yeah, but, none of you guys watch Orange Is the New Black. He reminds me of a character on Orange Is the New Black, where it's like, I know he's supposed to be the man, the cop, who's the bad cop. It's almost like not like even Jesus. Like this is yeah. a bad cop. Yeah, it's, 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 it's like, like not uh, even intelligent. Like evil. he's like uh, what's that guy's name from uh, Prison Break? The guy that was a guard in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that big guy. He's like him. He was just a terrible, awful, horrible human right. being in the first season, right. <laughs> who was just constantly trying to disrupt their prison break. But it was just like, but he's kind of like that. But I is one of those things. Another one of those things where it's like I, I kind of don't care. Like, he's a mean twin in anyway. Yeah, so what difference? Is like I like it anyway. I kinda, because of that, I kind of hope he doesn't last long. I kind of don't know, but I think he will. I think he'll end up being. I think Tyrone eventually will come to that decision of having to kill him or not, and he won't probably. Uh, but who knows? They could do a lot of different things. I mean, I didn't think Bruce was gonna kill Rachel Ghoul and did so. They could. They, I mean, we kill Alfred. Yeah, yeah, or kill Alfred. So Gotham twice. Gotham is, uh, <laughs> has shown that they were perfectly fine with with completely changing the rules with things. So um, I like this episode. Uh, again, I like how they go for it. The one character that I'm not feeling right now. Uh, it's not even that guy. I just, I, but I do have the questions about him being too evil. It's actually the detective. Um, oh, fake Misty Knight. Yeah, <laughs> and like part of me feels like whenever you introduce a character that's supposed to be from New York, and there's nothing New York about them. I don't know. That's I didn't even realize you from. As in, well, he yeah, says he like you're NYPD. I know you're from the NYPD, and then, like when he talks about getting the beers, like hey, don't give me some. Don't give me that hipster Brooklyn right. crap, you know, for, yeah. for a beer. Yeah, I, I, I so noticed like, that. Like, I was like, okay, I guess it's, yeah, this I is supposed to be a representation of an NYPD New Yorker. But, like, I don't know. I feel like there's a way. I, I don't know. I feel like she's been a throwaway so far. And, like, whenever she's on the screen, I'm like, ugh. I mean, there's obviously something with her, too. You know, and she's, like, she I, and she's, she's the detective that, like, looks beyond the story. Like, oh, I noticed that. You know, the guy who was actually the rapist and not the guy who's trying to play the victim. Like, oh, yeah, your pants down and all these other different things. And it's like. I thought she was gonna be evil. Now it seems like she's gonna be a more. Yeah, I thought she was gonna be evil too. You guys thought she? No, I, I totally. Initially, I totally thought she was gonna yeah, be. First, like I was like, yo, she's gonna try. She's gonna hunt down. She's gonna try to bust Tandy. Yeah, she's gonna try to hunt her down. She's gonna try to do all this. Other, lock her up. Yeah, she's gonna, gonna try. No, to she's gonna down. obviously. I think she's gonna be just like Missy Knight, where like just like Missy Knight was trying to stop Luke Cage, right. but like not to the point. Like, but she also she understands that they're, they're. She's a good hero. Right. She's a character. She just doesn't know the whole story of Tandy or whoever. She's doing her job. Yeah, I fully expect her to be on the other side of Cloak and Dagger in the season at some point. But eventually they'll end up being on the same side by the end. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if there's anything else I want to say. I said I think the imagery of those visions were pretty crazy. Um, I thought the imagery. I mean, man, the imagery. imagery the one, I didn't get the cloak. I mean, cloak wearing the weird like colonial thing. I don't know what that was supposed to represent. The colonial getup in the dagger visions when he was thinking of all the ways to kill the cop. No, oh, then he got hung. Then he got it wasn't it with the hands. Jesus, right? Yeah, they got yeah. hung. That was it. Must crazy. have been like that was a that was a I think a nod to, to slavery. Like, yeah, stuff. slavery in the colonial. Really? I don't know. I, I don't slaves know never wore that. That's fair. He looked like he was fighting in the Revolutionary War. I don't know what that was yeah. supposed to do. But what I will say is, um, the imagery in both of those visions were crazy. Uh, that the vision, yeah. The idea of him killing him, leading him hanging himself, was crazy. Uh, the idea that him taking his own, taking justice in his own hands, meant that he was gonna face justice in in police brutality, was deep. And on Dagger's side, uh, that like I thought that was even more like not on the nose, but really smart. Like the idea of like her feeling like these suits essentially killed her father. When really a car accident killed her father, but the way the as company as we the company well, soiled the soiled these shows mean the fair. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I hope that's not the case. That's a good point. But the way like they sold it in that vision was like, yeah, he died because of a car accident, but like he really died of the company throwing him under the bus after the car accident. Yeah, like making it all about him, even though he was the one saying that they can't do what they were doing, and like that it really ruining their family's life after that. His death ruined Candy's life, ruined her mother's life, ruined everything about them because of those guys literally killing him, killing his name, and how, like, that waterboarding, and those things they were doing to him, and having them strapped in that car seat. Like, that was, like, really good directing and really good storytelling. I mean, that was deep stuff, so... Uh, Cloak and Dagger, they impressed me with this episode. A couple of weird, wonky things. Um, the third girl, is a, I'm a little confused about where she fits in all this right now. It seems weird to have a love interest when you, you're building another love interest, potentially. Uh, and then the cop is a little... You know what that sounds like? A, a CW show. Right, it does. Um, the, the cop is a little on-the-nose evil, and I don't know what to make of the detective. I, when I see her so far, I roll my eyes. Those are the only issues I had... Otherwise, solid. I do think that I agree with Shamari. While the vi- I thought the visions were great, I do think they now need to get beyond the metaphysical a little yeah, bit and we, move us. start to get something. Yeah, because right now we still don't have a story. Like We don't have a story. We don't know what they're going after. Like There's nothing yet. And we're now going to episode four. How many episodes is in the season? 13, I think. Yeah, it can't be that many. I think it's like 13. <laughs> yeah. So like we don't have that much time to be messing around. So at some point. Ten they- episodes. Ten, so it's even less. Yeah, so we're almost gonna, halfway we're there. Cloak and dagger. <laughs> so we gotta move this story forward now a lot quicker. This episode, this next episode, we gotta go breakneck speed. Like we need to move the story along. But now we're getting really slow. Is there a villain? <laughs> we don't have a, gonna happen. We don't have a villain. We don't have a lot. So a lot of questions need to be asked. But it's been good enough to keep watching. I'm gonna keep paying attention. I think that's the place to wrap the show. So thank you guys for listening to this extra long edition of the New Generation Hero Talk podcast, our Incredibles 2 spoiler review, along with our recap of news and, and, and uh, Cloak and Dagger episode 3. Check out all of our shows on New Generation Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Stitcher as well. Follow us on YouTube or subscribe to our channel on YouTube, New Generation Media. Make sure you like and comment on those videos. We should be putting up some more videos up this week as well. 
Um, follow us on Facebook, New Generation Media. Follow us on Twitter at New Generation Pod. Follow Shamari on Twitter. Uh, excuse me, on Snapchat, MCSham22, and on Instagram, MCSham22. Follow me on Twitter, EG underscore Stewart, and on Instagram, at ActionEJ. That does it for now. We'll be back next week with more Hero Talk. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Peace.